What's going on, everyone? Thank you all for tuning in to another edition of Kicking Out at Two this week as we're in full WrestleMania season mode. Got a very special show planned for you. Is uh, we're It's special in a lot of ways. Um, first and foremost, um, we're celebrating the 25th anniversary to the date this week here on Kicking Out at Two of WrestleMania 10, the silver anniversary, the 10th anniversary of the Showcase of the Immortals that took place on March the 20th, 1994 from Madison Square Garden. Um, very historic event that we're going to get into and we're going to watch with you all on the WWE Network. Um, uh, very special in another manner, too, because this is the first time that Kicking Out at Two has gone mobile, has taken this show on the road, so to speak. Uh, joining me, or should I say joining him in his humble abode, in his man cave, if you will. Uh, he co-hosted our uh, Naughty List, uh, the Always a Bridesmaid, Never a Bride. Uh, what else? What other show did you do? You did three of them with uh, the... What else did we do? Did you... Uh... The toys, the the, yeah, that's right. Yep, yeah. we're talking about yep. the yep. toys as wrestling fans. Yeah, that's right. Around Christmas time, the backyard wrestling icon, JWA's own G Money, Jamie Garabedian. What's up, man? What's going on? Happy Dude. to be, well, I'm happy for you to be here at my home. Yeah, thank you for hosting me. Um, oh, definitely. And taking, no the, taking this show on the road, so to speak. You know, big things along the way for kicking on it, too. Um, it's kind of cool to actually do this. And, uh, you know, we've done it in my setup before a little bit. And I kind of have to, where where my part of my studio is located, I got to, you know, turn the TV and move some furniture so that, you know, we can sit comfortably. But this is actually pretty cool on the couch in front of the TV. I'm glad um, you're comfortable, man. Yeah, no, this is cool. This is very cool. So, um, what we're going to do is we're going to um, have you all uh, get on over to WWE Network right now and uh, search for um, go into the pay-per-view section under the WWE banner and search the year 1994. The date is March the 20th, 1994, and the event is WrestleMania 10. Um, give you guys a few minutes, you know, a few seconds to uh, to 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 search for that and while you're doing that um for those of you that already got it all set up and ready to go um head on over to facebook facebook.com forward slash kicking out or two hit the like button if you have not already if you have hit the like button by all means tell a friend to hit the like button that loves to talk the glory days of professional wrestling you can also give us a follow on twitter our handle is at kicking out two k-i-c-k-n-o-u-t and the number two uh, all the fun and madness that goes on on facebook we're doing it on twitter following's not as strong so hook me up and give me a follow over on Twitter if Twitter is your thing. Um, yeah, WrestleMania season in full mode. WrestleMania 10 watch along. Really excited to do this, especially with you because, you know, you're a big – this show is basically centered around Bret Hart, and that's your guy. Oh, yeah, this has always been my favorite mania. Yeah, so – and this is a good show too in and of itself. So, I mean um, – I'm definitely looking forward to seeing, uh, you know, this back again 25 years later. Um, and, and I got some pretty fun stories regarding when I watched this then. But we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, so if you have, if, if you're already there, um, you know, you're going to bypass the, uh, the, the the television rating and, you know, the, the commercial for the, the, the next show or pay-per-view or whatever on the network. And I'm going to give you guys a little countdown. Um, hit that mute button on your TV because you're going to want to listen to us rather than Vince McMahon and Jerry Lawler from 1994. Uh, so, uh, yeah, while you're doing that, get yourselves comfortable, seated, relaxed, ready to rock and roll as we give you this countdown in five, four, three two one hit play so we open here with the wrestlemania 10 logo 
and highlighting the very first WrestleMania from Madison Square Garden, March 31st, 1985, Liberace and the Rockettes, Andre the Giant slamming, Big John Stud there, capacity crowd on their feet, the greatest, Muhammad Ali, and you know, Wendy Richter, Cindy Lauper, the bagpipes playing from uh, Roddy Piper's entrance. I don't believe they uh, they show Hulk Hogan in this video. I think this is one like this was you know, obviously oh, Hogan was not. Yeah. Oh no, no never mind. I'm wrong. And Mr. T right yeah, now. there he is with Mr. T and uh, Pat the, the, the Pat Patterson. That's right. Yeah, I love the slap of the boys on the butt. Yeah. Um, getting ready to open this WrestleMania here. Ten years in the making. Bret Hart, Lex Luger, Yokozuna. This match, um, this this series of events, almost a takeoff from WrestleMania Nine from the year prior. But um, look at those old school graphics. Yeah. Looking kind of cool, huh? Yeah, no, I'm definitely digging it. And sold out crowd, Madison Square Garden, the mecca of sports and entertainment, if you will. Canadian flags. Those Canadians flags waving. Yeah. Beloved Brett. Oh yeah, he was, he was, he was quite the popular one. Um, did you order this on pay per view when you, uh, when you were a kid? Um, I trying to remember where I watched this. At. I think I might have done this at um my grandmother's house, so we did order it. Okay. If not, it might have been one of those times when uh, I don't know if you people remember all those uh, boxes that used to go around that had um <clears throat> illegal uh, pay per view. <laughs> yeah yeah the, 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 the scramblers yeah 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 i had one of those but i'm not sure if it was um if i watched this on it okay very cool very cool um yeah i'll be honest with you i watched this on pay-per-view did not order it on pay-per-view um a little interesting story um uh, there's oh, a friend i forgot of, little richard was a sang america the beautiful yeah. yeah with the um i don't know if that i don't think that was the harlem boys choir i could be mistaken but yeah Little Richard. I always thought, you know. Johnny B. Bad? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Here comes Johnny B. Bad. Yeah, look right there. Yeah, there he is. Yep. Um, yeah, the, the action figure on the wall there. Um, yeah, um, when I was a kid, uh, and I, I kind of highlighted this in the Royal Rumble Match 94 watch along, which you can find in the archives over at SoundCloud.com. Um, they had. Uh, you know, I had a couple of friends over for my birthday to watch it, and one yep. of my friends that was that was watching it with me, his mother let him order WrestleMania. Okay. And so I thought, as a kid, I was like, "Well, that's a I'm, you came over for Royal Rumble. I'm going to come over for WrestleMania. Yeah. At least that's what I thought." And this fucking asshole the nerd to tell me, "Well, that was your birthday party. I'm not having a birthday party, so you can't come over to watch it." So he was watching it, but said you couldn't come over yeah. to watch it. Wow, what a friend. I, Exactly. So then, like, I was like, that's fucking bullshit. And, mm -hmm. like, I, you know, when I was younger, I thought to myself, you know, I, I let people walk all over me when I was younger, yeah. especially when I was yeah, a kid. We all you know? did. We all, we all did. get to that point, you know? So, um, the, uh, I didn't get to watch the event, but then he'd call, like, he, when we lived in the same, you know, like, in the, in the same condo complex, mm -hmm. he would call me, and he'd be like, so he told me the results of the first match, which, you know, spoiler oh, alert. So he was just, he was basically giving away everything while you couldn't watch yeah. it. Yeah. Because obviously, they, you didn't have the internet to find out what was going on back and then. then. It, yeah. And then at one point, he calls me, and his mother's like, his name was Jamel. Mm -hmm. Jamel, 
why didn't you invite Dave over? You went over to his house for a show. Why didn't you invite him over? And then he was like, do you want to come over? Like, of course, he invites me when his mother fucking calls him out on yeah. it. So I showed up about right as the bell rang for the Lex Luger Yokozuna title match. So I basically gotcha. got to see the best part of WrestleMania 10 because, well, with the exception well, of Brett Owen Brett Nolan was, in the yeah. beginning. Um, but yeah, like that was my experience watching WrestleMania 10. So then when it came out on VHS, um, I couldn't wait to watch Brett Nolan. And yeah, I'm definitely. actually really looking forward to watching it with you today. Oh yeah, I am too. But um, yeah, it was uh, that was my experience watching WrestleMania 10. Um and you know like i said you're a big brett guy um he's gonna open this show with his brother owen it's probably regarded as at least in my opinion i think it's the greatest wrestlemania opening opener of match. all time yeah, yeah i agree 100 yeah and, you know and i'm not a big brett guy these days but i'll give the devil his due um those two guys they tore it up um what did you now as a kid you know you're 10 years old Yep. At this point, I'm yep. 11 years old because I got a year on you. What did you think of when they would have someone come out do the, you know America the Beautiful, the national anthem? Was like uh, back then. I I do enjoy it now, just because um, I'm older and I can understand it. But back then, I was like, can this hurry up so we could get to the wrestling? Get to the matches. Yeah, yeah same yep. with me. Yeah, not that not that we weren't you know proud Patriotic to be Americans anything, at yeah. 11 years old, but you know there were more important things than yeah watching yep. Little Richard yep. butcher the national anthem. <laughs> Oh, look at that guy. He had a um, Shawn Michaels jacket. The leather jacket. Yeah, that looked very, very authentic. You know what I found as a kid? Not interesting, but like I was just taken aback by that Fink wasn't announcing at the beginning of this pay-per-view. He wasn't in the ring doing the ring announcing. And they had this, I don't know who this fucking guy is, behind Little Richard, they're oh, yeah, clapping. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, but, even you know, Fink came out later. When we would, we'll, we'll talk about that when he comes out later. But um, I just remember like as a kid... Uh, watching, you know, not uh, especially on VHS on tape, like just being mesmerized and awed by the appearance of everything, the ropes being different colors, you know, in Madison Square Garden, they had the, you know, the little set, even though it was just like the one straight away down the aisle. Here we see Vince McMahon, the, the, the PT Barnum of sports and entertainment in the World Wrestling Federation, uh, ready to introduce his, his colleague and color commentator, Jerry the King Lawler. Um, Looking at the king, looks so young, and he doesn't look yellow anymore. <laughs> well, back then, he wasn't he's yellow now. Yeah. Back then, and this was his first event back um, in the, oh, uh, the yeah. WWF because yep. he was involved in, he was charged with like a sexual assault to a minor. Yep. And he had to go through all that yep. process. And I believe he was acquitted of those charges or he came up with some sort of settlement. I don't know. I don't know if he's paying off someone currently to this day. Who knows? But um, opening Matt, and this was, and this was the first time where like I was as a kid, taken aback by this being the first match on the card you know do you I, remember if this was um did we know this was going to happen as the first match or um to the best of my recollection um i believe they advertised this match as taking obviously it was going to take place before yeah. brett got yep. the winner of the championship match yep. and brett was going to end the night facing the champion right here's where it all started yep survivor series Shawn Michaels stealing the victory over Owen Hart in that when Survivor Shawn Series. Shawn Michaels was actually not even supposed to be in this match. He was supposed to be the king. But yeah. Exactly what we just said. What happened? He was 
And they only had, oh. like, a week or two to, like, get yeah. Michaels in the match, too. They had to, like, come up with something stupid, like... And he still had the... The Knights. Yeah. Did you ever hear the story about who was supposed to be one of the Knights? Uh, no. So, originally, they came up with an idea of um, having Brett and the brothers like pull the masks off, and like one of the knights would be someone that you knew. So, like one yeah. of the one of the knights was legitimately Greg the Hammer Valentine. Okay. okay. So they were gonna pull off one mask, and then they had another guy. I don't know who that that guy was. And at some point, they were gonna keep pulling masks off. Yep. But the third guy that was supposed to be one of the knights was Terry Funk. Oh, wow. So the Terry Funk agreed to do the match. They got him fitted for an outfit with the mask and everything. And then he was talking with Brett. Excuse me. And I guess he was going to do something with the finish, be a part of the finish. And they were going to pull the mask off. And all of a sudden, Terry Funk left his gear on the front on the door on the doorstep of Bret Hart's hotel room and called Bruce Pritchard and was like Pritchard my horse is sick I gotta go home because <laughs> he owned he, he had a, a, a oh, he's got a horse farm yeah yeah um, so yeah that was originally the plan and then yeah, they I never to, heard that before. yeah they kind of had to uh, backtrack a little and then they didn't do the spot with the knights getting the mask oh, I remember watching this I was devastated no, oh, yeah, I was going to ask you. So you're a big Brett guy. Yep. Obviously, you know, with them teaming up, you'd be an Owen guy as yes. well, yep. younger. Yep. But what did you think of when Owen turned on Brett at 10 years old? I was mad. I was I, I was devastated. But, like, where, you know, you had a, let's say, a, a heel Sean versus Brett. Obviously, I was always a Brett guy, and I'd be rooting for Brett. And who I, or let's not, whoever he was fighting, I'd just you know didn't like but now when he was um going against owen it was hard it was just like i you know love brett want brett to win but i also want owen to win so even though owen was heel i still rooted for him okay all right so you so because of the family association it was hard for you to but at the same time you still had a loyalty to brett yes yeah okay it's kind of like how i felt when i was younger when hogan and savage split up i was obviously a hogan was my number one but i had a strong love for randy savage Even though I didn't like what he did, I didn't totally hate him, but I did want Hulk Hogan to get his revenge at some yeah, point. Yeah, so you, you, didn't turn, I mean? you, you didn't turn your back completely on, yeah. on and, Macho. And then, you know, as a kid rationalizing it, I was I was wanting, you know, Hogan and Savage eventually to get back together. Yeah. Um, so we see Owen Hart making his way um, down the ring here through this, uh, this entrance set in Madison Square Garden. Was this when he first started wearing the glasses, too? An almost identical... Uh... Um, I don't know if he, he might've worn them before. And that was the other thing too. Like looking back now, obviously I didn't think like this as a kid, but you know, if Owen Hart was so worried or upset regarding standing in the shadow of Brett, why are you going to wear his gimmick and be just like him? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, eventually he'll do the heel move and he'll, you know, when he gets up on the rope and he goes to pose here, he'll, uh, you'll see it here in just a sec. Yeah, he takes the glasses off and then he'll rip them, rip them right in half. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do to you, brother Brett, because I'm not a nugget. 
the glasses. I remember I had a pair of those. I used yeah, to love those glasses. You got some right there. You do? Oh, that's right. right with the Bret Hart foam finger. Oh, wow. That is right pretty cool. Yeah, we're going to take some pictures and put them up on the Facebook page to to, to show you exactly where where we are conducting this, uh, this mobile watch-along of WrestleMania 10 on the WWE Network. And for any of you guys out there that listen that, you know, have a man cave of your own that's very wrestling-related, by all means, take some pictures if you must. Yeah, definitely. Let us like, see. And yeah, let us all see. As we see the hitman making his way down to the ring, huge ovation, um, getting ready to, uh, to 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 lock it up with his brother Owen. Um, I remember there was one interview, and I kind of talked about it recently um, on the uh, on the the, the the Rumble '94. I didn't like this uh, his his leather jacket. It was too long. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he wore that much after. No, this. I don't think so. I think maybe just. I think just this event. I don't. Does he even come out with that when at the end of the? No, he doesn't have well, any. He doesn't have the. Let's not spoil on. it for everybody, but yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's yeah. only it's only twenty five yeah. years old. <laughs> I mean, you know, if, if some of you wrestling fans that you know, you know, listen to this podcast or follow WWE or living under a fucking rock, what? It's, it's I want everybody to watch how Brett gets in and out of the ring. Just that nobody does that nowadays. What? What do you mean? Like, just the, watch how he gets it. Um, okay. Well, how he. How he sits on the rope. Uh, he didn't, oh, do, he didn't do it that time. No, he didn't do that. But, there. but usually he like would push. Yeah, he would push down or sit on a rope. I, I can't remember, but I read in an interview a reason why he did that. It was just something he was taught, and he would always do that. He was taught. What was the reason behind that? Well, um, the thing is why they always say to keep your hand on a rope um, when you push down like that. There, a lot of them are um, either like metal bungees the and the, yeah, cables that will bounce back and hit you right in the nuts. Um, I did do a little bit of uh, wrestling school, and that was one of the first things that we were taught when you do uh, get in the ring. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. As the bell has sounded, we are underway. Yeah, those the, that middle gold, gold uh, rope and the, the black ropes do look very nice. Yeah, they did it the year prior. At, um, the same color? The same colors for yep. WrestleMania 9 when they did, like, the Roman Empire theme. Yeah. Um, yep. But... Uh, Look at the sign for Icropo hanging above the uh, rafters over there. Oh, I know that's crazy. Did you do you watch Edge and Christian show at all? Uh, bits and pieces. Yes, you got to watch that show. That's the best show they have on the network, in my opinion. The best original show they have on the network, I should say. And they, um, there's one episode. I forget what it was titled, but um, the, on this the second season where uh, they did like a mock um, like commercial for Icopro. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yep. it, it, it's some funny shit. Like Edge and Christian. Oh, yeah, they're hilarious. They've like always the, been. It's like the insider show. Like, yep. all, like yep. all the smart mark terms and, yeah. you know, everything, you know, whether they were rumors, true or not, on the internet. Like, they bring up all that stuff in, like, a very, you know, Edge and Christian kind of way. Yeah. Um, but I was um, – earlier today on my way here, I was listening to uh, a recent episode of uh, my favorite podcast – Besides this one, something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard, and uh, they were going over the um, the 2004 No Way Out event when uh, Eddie Guerrero beat Brock Lesnar for mm-hmm. the WWE title, and Bruce had Bruce was talking about how you know Brock. He says Brock can work with anyone, but when he works with the smaller guys, it's magic. Yeah. And the first thing I thought of, I was like, imagine. Brock Lesnar working with like a baby face like today's Brock Lesnar in 2019 working with a baby face Owen Hart oh yeah and the uh, I mean and Owen's more skilled than a lot of the guys that Brock's worked with today from a yep. technical wrestling standpoint but imagine the the 
the the underdog role that Owen would be playing. I could see him right now, like a Brock Lesnar, throwing him with a German suplex, and Owen landing on his feet. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I mean, I I you know it's it's obviously sad when we when we talk about guys that have passed away that we enjoyed watching growing up, but I would have to say like there's probably. A hand, like a handful not to say that like I don't miss all these guys but there's probably like three or four guys I can count on one hand that I would like I would love to see what they would have accomplished in today's wrestling oh, I world get Eddie Guerrero Owen Hart um Randy Macho Man Savage like those like those yep. three right there I Roddy Piper even um those four I would probably say like yeah definitely the guys oh. that I would I would like I would just be so fascinated with what they would be able to do in today's landscape oh, yeah. in wrestling. I believe, um, I mean, I don't know if Owen would still be wrestling right now. I mean, he, I'm sure he would have something to, you know, to be out there. Somehow. And if, you know, if he, I don't think Brett would be so bitter, to be honest. If I think Owen, everything would be, Owen was if Owen wrestling? was still here. Yes. So if Brett had the concussion and he was. Yeah, if, um, everything still went the same, just without Owen um, passing. I don't think he would be so distant from WWE and wrestling and you know how he I, I trust me I'm the biggest um Brett fan but he is very bitter yeah yeah but I believe if, you know you know because Owen Owen was just the, the the nicest guy you know I'm sure if you guys have read about him heard about stories you know you you, you listen to a lot of these guys that get inducted into the Hall of Fame and a lot of them talk about Owen yeah, you know, you listen to this past Hall of Fame, uh, Mark Henry and um, Jeff, Jeff Jarrett. Jarrett both yeah, both had a lot of stories. stuff to say about him. But um, yeah, I believe he'd have something to do, even if he was a road agent. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily. I'm not saying that there's not any truth to this, but I wouldn't say that there's. This isn't false either, but um, I think. Like you said, he still would have been involved in the business, and I think he enjoyed the wrestling business. I know that, like, obviously, you know, his widow, Martha, you know, in the manner that he passed, in the profession that he was, you know, that he was performing in, um, very upset and bitter about, you know, not being around anymore. But um, I can only I can only think positively here that he enjoyed wrestling. He loved wrestling, um, and he didn't hate it as much as she claimed he did because i read her book and oh, i don't believe any of that she's just i mean i get it you know she lost her husband when and their you know, kids a lost simple, their father a simple a decision age. could have uh changed everything so yeah. i get why she's mad but she forgets about how much people fans um people his peers yeah loved them so much and we want him in the hall of fame and we want him to be acknowledged yeah no he deserves I, I, it. honestly like the, you know, each year WWE has like one of those hell frozen over kind of candidates. Like yes. Jeff Jarrett was yep. last year. Um, I can only imagine who would go in this year. Um, however, um, I, it's going to take a lot. You know, it, it's. I mean, the. Uh, I believe it'll happen someday. I mean, Bruno went in, and mm-hmm. Bruno had bad blood for you know over thirty years with Vince McMahon. Um, but that like ultimate warrior went in a lot of those guys it's it was on like it was between it's vince's decision this is somebody a whole different decision you know it's it's that one woman 
Yeah. Everybody else, you, everybody else in the world, you could have every single person in this planet say yes. That one person says no, it's not going to happen. I think if it was done in a way where, you know, because Triple H was the one that, from what I've heard, originally pitched, you know, the idea of Bruno going into the Hall of Fame. He's yeah. the one that created the dialogue between Bruno and Vince to yep. kind of patch things up again because yep. he felt Bruno deserved to be in. And credit to him for being able oh, of course to, to broker that deal. Um, but... You know, I would imagine Triple H would probably be the the one to to do that again because he worked with Owen and he came in. You know, he he wrestled Owen on a number of occasions and they were part of probably one of the the most underrated rosters at that time mm-hmm. in the Attitude Era in nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, they did have a good rivalry. I enjoyed their rivalry, but um, I think if it was done in a way that it didn't look like WWE was going to be profiting off of um off of Owen's induction and this was, and you know, maybe the proceeds go to the Owen Hart foundation that his wife had started yep. um, or towards a scholarship of some kind in his name. Um, then maybe that's something that she would be able to accept. I don't know. Um, but that's, you know, time will tell. I'm not going to you know, try and uh, figure out um, the mindset of uh, a woman I've never met before. Yeah. But um, yes. this match here, um, like I said earlier, greatest opening contest in WrestleMania history. Brett Nolan here. Um, obviously, w- w- as a kid watching this, um, you talked about how you were kind of torn here. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember? You know, you, you, what about this match in your mind do you feel? made it the greatest opening match in WrestleMania history. Um, before I answer that, I did want any aspiring young guys out there that want to become professional wrestlers. Oh, this is the match. This watch is one this. of the matches to watch. Yeah. Just watch this. Yeah. Now that's out of the way. That, I mean, <laughs> yeah. again. Um, Helpful know, I, advice from G Money. <laughs> Tune um, in next week. <laughs> of course, I did want to. He I, might you know, do your taxes. <laughs> I wanted to become a professional wrestler, and I always kind of looked at the the hearts or Brett and Owen and kind of tried to study them as much as possible. So yeah. I had my eyes glued and just watching, it was just pure poetry just watching them wrestle. Yeah. I mean, now it like, I, I, I love wrestling. I'm not the biggest fan of it nowadays. I still watch it, but it's just, not what it used to it's be. It's not obviously. this. It's not, if, if I could see a match that has anything that is as good as this, then I'd be happy. And it's just, to me, it's not there. Well, obviously what helps make this match too, is the fact that they're brothers in real life. And they've been, they grew up in the business and they've been doing this forever. You know, Stu probably had them wrestle, you know, each other for God knows how long. And then, you know, whoever won got to the dinner table first. Oh yeah. (laughs) You know, like, I mean, they didn't call it the dungeon for nothing. Yeah. Um, Actually, it's funny that you say that. I was watching... Look at that um, beautiful German Super Oh, yeah. Great bridge, too. Um, I was watching uh, WCW Super Brawl 1993, and uh, Benoit made his WCW debut against Two Cold Scorpio, and mm-hmm. Jesse Ventura was on commentary, and he said that Benoit was a graduate of the... Of the, um, the 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 Hart family basement. Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he was like he's like, You never heard of the famous basement Shivani? He's a graduate of the basement. And it just sounded so like Bush League, but yeah. like when you say the dungeon The dungeon sounds better. Yeah, it's kind of there, that, there like, is I mean there's that there's legend of, that mystique behind it. Plenty of wrestling schools and places that you've heard of and there's been a lot of wrestlers in and out. There wasn't that many that were allowed to be in that dungeon but the ones that came out of it are amazing you'd be surprised at the guys that have gone through the dungeon um i found out uh 
last year. Well, here we go. Perfect tombstone pile driver. Probably better than Undertaker's right there, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Um, Owen See, he, and then, you know, the, Owen was using it. It's just, I don't know why he sat when he did it. To yeah, that was strange. Austin. Yeah, that was very strange. Oh, diving headbutt. Owen missing here. Brett moving out of the way. Crowd really into it. I mean, why not? These two are, you know, world-class athletes. Um, but I, I found out recently that, um, you know who got the, you know who got their start in Canada? Jushin Thunder Liger. No, I did not know. Yeah, that. I didn't no. know that either. Uh, my, my my cousin Bill Brown, who's uh, hosted this show uh, with me a few times, uh, we were talking about. Um, the Calgary territory. Awesome wrestler, but, well, back there. Yeah, and he got his start in Calgary. Um, that's where that's where he, he he broke in in the business. Eventually, he would move on and, you know, really make a name for himself in Japan. Japan but yep. but um, here we see Brett Semin Owen into the rope, right to the midsection. Textbook Russian leg sweep by the hitman. Should be hooking the leg, but he's not. Kick out by Owen at two. I wonder if that's Earl or Dave refereeing. I think that's Earl. Because Dave was a little huskier. Uh, did Dave do it back then? I thought he was Dave out did. by then. Yeah, Dave was originally. Yeah, I probably referee. just never. I didn't know the difference between either. Well, you of them remember. Back then. You remember the. Oh the, yeah. The yes. twin referee screw job with yep. Hogan, right? Yep. Yeah. The, that Saturday Look night's main event. Yeah. That elbow drop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kick out by Owen. Brett not happy, but you know, it's a two count. Yeah. There you see Earl, giving him the business, telling him it's a two. You know what I liked about this match, too, is that, like, as personal as the rivalry was, it wasn't, it didn't, it felt like a wrestling contest between these two. They weren't, like, punching and kicking and, you know, using chairs and throwing each other out to the floor and running somebody into the ring post. You know I, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you know how when, when there's bad blood, there's yeah. not really a, a wrestling match. Yeah. It's more of a, um, you know... You're a just an ass-whooping contest. Yeah. This was a wrestling match between two technical geniuses. Boy, I like that roll-up there by Owen. Kick out at two as he gets sent out to the floor by Brett. Yeah, that was the thing. Like I love those old-school just WrestleMania. Um, the logo, yeah. Yes. I Honestly, like if that were ever on the market, like on like eBay, I would try to buy one of the those. The actual um, Like the ring apron? skirting? Yes. Or, like even like the, side, the banners that hang yep. up in the ceiling? Yep. I know WWE has all that stuff tucked away because they use it for like the the fan access yep. and and things like that. Well, it's not too. Far. Did you ever, have you ever went there? I've never gone there. Mm -hmm. I know people that have. Um, I, I you know what I'm talking about, right? Though the the the, the warehouse. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's in Stanford, right? It's in like Stanford, Norwalk kind of yeah. area. Um, Have you ever been to the building? I've never been to the building. I've driven by it on the highway. Can, isn't there like can we go like go in there and go through like a tour or something? You can go in and walk in the front desk, but if you don't have an appointment, you know, well, they, 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 they as soon as G Money walks through, they, they need send to you give out. Me an appointment. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, because Vince is gonna look at you and be like, "Ah, oh, I think Braun Strowman's kids here. <laughs> Who let Braun's son in? God damn it, Bruce. Hey, pal. <laughs> um, oh, and yeah, now working on the Eric. So now this is the part where it gets a little bit more personal. Yeah, it's not as wrestling oriented with Owen working on Brett's leg here. Well, this is too, like where you had asked about, um, you know, what made this match great. You know, again, I'm not trying to compare wrestling no, then no, no. And, and now, but just like 
Owen's working on this leg. He'll keep continue working on the leg. You don't see that that much. Yes, it, you know, like like a Daniel Bryan. If you know he if he smells blood, you know your arms hurt, your legs hurt. He's gonna go for it. But not that many wrestlers work on a certain body part and keep it up. Maybe they start and then you know just wrestlers need to start doing that again and just it, the psychology it makes it, of it. Yes. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, you know to to your point. You make some good points there when it comes to, you know, wrestling and the psychology of it back then to what it is today. Um, but in any era of wrestling, there's good and bad. You yeah, know what I mean? I agree. So, like, as, as the the stuff that we appreciate now at 35 and 36 years old th- that, that we grew up watching, um, you know, kids – our age or that were our age at you know 10 11 years old 94 currently today there's things about this wrestling that they'll feel like is better the best or yeah. better you know what i mean when it comes to you know the 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 in-ring aspect of it or even some of the storylines you know yeah. what i mean but going back and watching some of this stuff especially doing this podcast um it's been very it's been very interesting because things that I thought were really cool back then looking at it now it's like that fucking sucked. <laughs> what was I thinking? Yeah. Did I actually yeah. like that? Yeah. Like some of the stuff from like 1998 with like the attitude era everyone's like bring back the attitude era. Oh my god, that was the best time ever. Yeah. And there's some good stuff, don't get me wrong. But, but when everybody was a lot going crazy for uh, a pimp and a porn star, yeah. know, that that wasn't cool but i mean it was cool but it wasn't cool like well that. It, it yeah it was but it was also a sign of what our society was because at that yeah. time you yep. you had howard stern who was like shock chock radio and then you had jerry springer and you know it was a very rebellious society back in like the, the mid to late 90s yep. um you know this was before that you know this period of wrestling and i've covered a lot of 1994 um and i'll continue to cover a lot of 1994 um throughout the course of the rest of 2019 because you know it's a it's a it's a monumental anniversary being 25 years um but there's a lot of wrestling look at him working on that leg yeah yeah, there's a lot of wrestling that flies under the radar for 1994. People lump in 93, 94, 95, and maybe even early parts of 1996 the new era, as like, what's that? The, they, what they call that, the new era? The new generation. They yeah. kind of lump 94 into like the bad years. Now, business-wise, they may not have done the numbers that they did three and four years prior, obviously, with Hogan, but they were in a transition phase um, with where they were as a company, but I enjoyed a lot of stuff that they did in 1994, especially the the Brett and Owen stuff with the family rivalry. Yeah. I thought it was really good stuff, and there was there's other stuff on this show that we'll get into as well that I feel gets a lot of flack. Well, I always – I watch a lot of, uh, you know, um, listen to podcasts and – Shoot interviews and stuff like so, that. Yeah, yeah. And they, Exactly what you said. Everybody always gives that time with uh, the WWE, WWF back then a lot of heat, but yeah, that that was always my favorite time because that was Brett's time. Yeah. So I enjoyed I enjoyed it back more back then than probably the Attitude. Era. It's kind of like what like I mean, you know, my brother Justin is five years younger or six years younger than me. Mm-hmm. Okay, and. Bret Hart to him is what Hogan and Savage were to me. Yeah. And so he looks at this stuff at like, you know, he was born in 1989. He's 30 years old. He, this stuff here was like, 
what I you know this is when he started watching mm-hmm. you know like this this right here is is Hogan versus Macho in many ways yeah to him yeah, yeah. or even to you as well because yeah. you know Brett was your guy um, but you watched before this right? oh of course yes okay. I mean I was always watching but I just um, Brett was the first guy that became your guy yeah so I was okay. um, I was you know I, I never disliked. Hogan cool or anything, so I, you know, I always liked watching Hogan, but I was I was that guy watching those Intercontinental um, uh, bouts with uh, Mr. Perfect yep. and um, Brett or Brett and Piper. And yeah. Whatever Brett was doing, I was kind of more interested in. Okay. I didn't um, to walk away and say, okay, now Hogan's here. I don't want to watch. Of course I watched it. Yeah. But um, I had always developed a, you know, a big fan, I guess, towards Brett. I'll be honest with you. And I've talked about this on other recordings. Um, being that I was a big Hogan and a Randy Savage guy, when Hogan abruptly left after King of the Ring 93 and they were kind of phasing Savage out, um, I, I wouldn't say I was disinterested with wrestling. Yep. But if there was a time where I was going to walk away and not watch wrestling again, like late 1993, going into this year probably you know 94 probably would have been that time period for me i didn't watch too much wcw there were some guys i enjoyed watching on there but i didn't watch it as religiously as i did wwf during you know 93 94 um but you know i wasn't a brett guy and even though he wasn't my guy he grew on me as a Hogan fan, I was happy that he won the title in 93 and that, you know, that weird finish at the end of WrestleMania 9 because it was a surprise and nobody saw it coming. Well, yeah, we didn't we but didn't I know felt until bad now at the same time for Brett because of the because in the way that he got, you know, cheated out yes. of the title. Yep. And then even when, you know, he won King of the Ring as a kid, it was like, well, he won King of the Ring, does that mean he's going to get a title shot? Like yep. it was never yep. really determined. And then Lawler spoiled that for him. Yep. So I began to have sympathy for Brett, for Brett and the Bret Hart character. And then, like I said, I wouldn't say he was my guy, but I I did get behind him. You know, mm-hmm. Hogan was always my guy. Randy Savage always was always yep, my guy. Yep. You know, those two were my guys. Um, but I, I did gain a lot more respect and for the Bret Hart character. You see this finish here. Bret climbing up on Owen's shoulders. Now, what was he going to do here? Oh, Owen drops one, two, two and three. three. And the upset. Now look at Bret's face. Yeah. Owen with that chunk of spit chunk, on Yeah, the side. that's the only bad part of this. <laughs> <clears throat> Great match here. Owen Hart picking up the victory. Now, all right. Now we're at the finish. Owen picks up this victory. Do you remember at 10 years old how you felt watching this? See, I didn't know what was going on, so I thought Owen was going on to the... Oh, so you didn't... Yeah, I didn't get this. I was like, okay, so why... You know, I get the the feud. I get why they had this match, but I'm like, okay, so Brett lost. How did he end up going on? Okay, you know so you I mean? thought you thought that if Owen won, that meant that he was going to get yeah. the the yep. title shot later in the evening. Okay, so I was like, okay, I mean, at least uh, Owen's still in it, but I'm like, I was upset, and then all of a sudden, like, I, I I don't know why I didn't know what was going on. Again, you know, ten years old, so yeah, it's a little bit iffy back then. But then when you know Brett goes on to have the the main event again. Not to spoil it, but you guys should have already known what was going on. <laughs> but um, I was like, "Oh, why is Brett's actually in it? Where's Owen?" Da, da, da. Yeah, and we'll get to we'll get to um that in a little bit. Yeah, like I said, I didn't 
I mean, I, I thought Brett was going to win. And the yeah. reason why I thought Brett was going to win is because, you know, at, at, 10, at 11 years old, I didn't understand the psychology behind the story. I was just a kid. I was just following it along. I wasn't trying to micromanage it like most of the people do these days when watching it or even going back and watching it now. People yeah. micromanage it like, like, it's, like it's current day wrestling. But um, as a kid, I was shocked that Owen won. I didn't think Owen would win because – the whole story of you know Owen feeling like he's in the shadow of Brett and Brett is the better wrestler and as a kid and we talked about this on the always a bridesmaid never a bride uh, episode yeah the negative connotation that they had labeled Owen Hart as the little brother the nugget or the, the nugget would come later but the little brother in the shadow of Brett it made him it made him look inferior to Brett at times at least yep. and I felt like Brett was much better than him um, so so we see Owen Hart here cutting this promo basically saying you know I beat Brett and I'm the better wrestler and you know this is the most humiliating day in his career and how is he going to go on to to uh, compete for the championship later in the evening but yeah this situation here I just thought as a kid well Brett's better than him like how did Owen beat him because in my mind they built up Owen like he was less than Brett yeah you know Todd Pettengill Whatever happened to him? He still does radio in New York. That's where he got his start, was in radio. um... I thought he was cool, too. A lot of people don't really care for him, but, I mean, Todd Pettengill was pretty cool, too, as we see a graphic here of WrestleMania 2 from the the three locations, New York, Chicago, and Los Angeles. The WrestleMania 2 Battle Royal with some of the NFL stars. Um, I'll tell you, with the way WrestleMania is structured today, being in big stadiums and how they, like, take over like the NFL does with the Super Bowl, and it's mm-hmm. like a week long of events, um, the fan in me would love to see them do WrestleMania in, like, a couple locations, kind of like what they did with WrestleMania 2. But the yeah. problem is, from a monetary standpoint... It didn't really work back then, so they don't want to try it again. Yeah, that and just the fact that, like... Can you fill two and three buildings um, with fifteen to 20,000 people and make just as much money if you just put it in one big giant stadium with 75,000 people? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. And, you yep. would, uh, and to fill you know, two and three buildings, you would have to build a WrestleMania card that is like the greatest of all time. You would have to put like marquee matchups that would – Here's would, the thing. Yeah, here he is with a, with a head of hair. Who's that fake or is that real? Yeah, and uh, Cy Sperling from the Hair Club for Men, um, part of WrestleMania 10 here in the celebrity role. Um, Fink's still kicking, right? He works for them, but I heard that he's had some health issues. Um, someone told me he might have had a stroke, um, but that's that's not confirmed. Um, yeah, but he's had some health issues. Um, as we see Luna, Bam, Luna Bam. Fashan, and Bam Bam Bigelow for our next match, which is going to be a mixed tag team match. This is another hard thing. It's like well, every time you watch old classic West wrestling and all these wrestlers are gone, it's just it's, it sucks. Yeah, you do like a, you, you do like a, a numbers game on how many people yeah. are alive. So far, we so got far one. three Brett. people. Yeah, Brett's the only one that's been alive in the in terms of in-ring performers. Owen passed. Bam Bam's no longer with us. Luna's no longer with us. Um, very unfortunate. And Bam Bam was ahead of his time, just the way he wrestled. But 
being able to high fly as a big guy. He was very under uh, underrated. The look too, like yeah. the tattoo on the head, like that was crazy to me as a kid. Like he was Always like the epitome him. of like heel or face. Yeah, uh, doink the clown and dink. Doink and dink the clown. That's right. This is the second doink, by the way. If you uh, if you're keeping score at is home, is this uh, Brooklyn this is, Brawler? No, no. This is uh, uh, this is his name is Ray Apollo. Oh, okay. um, the first doink here was. Um, was uh, Matt Bourne. Yes. Yeah. Um, he passed. Too. Yeah, he passed away too. Um, Matt Bourne would actually uh, leave the World Wrestling Federation um, in in uh, November of '93, right before um, the Survivor Series, mm-hmm. where they did that spot with the four doinks against yep. Bam Bam Bigelow's team, yep. which is kind of this is where this match is coming from, basically. Yeah. Um, their rivalry. In late 93, just, you know, standard doink playing pranks. And, and as we were talking about earlier about, um, you were saying about the years and a lot of people look down on wrestling and yeah. kind of, I mean, not taken away from, um, these guys' abilities, but uh-huh. I mean, not, definitely not Bam Bam. Bam Bam was a good character, but not, would, would a, a wrestling clown work today? Uh, yeah, I you think, think so. Would? I think it would. You, you know why? An because it, an well, it clown or a, a well, clown. Yeah, you, clown. Have, you have you know clowns market like the it movie that yeah. clown marketed in uh, um, you know uh, in, in in motion pictures. So you're saying as a um, like a heel scary clown? Yeah, I think okay. I think it's very possible. I mean, um, just not as he's, he's not facing. Lesnar at uh, the main event. Maybe, no, we're but, not. Do, yeah, yeah, we're not doing you know a, a 2019 version of Doink wrestling yes. for the universal title against I, Brock Lesnar. I, I do. I could see a, like a, um, a scary type of a it looking clown. You know, just or maybe even like just... Heath Ledger Joker kind of. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. You know that kind of vibe. Yep. What did you think of a clown in 1994 as a wrestler? I liked Doink. I mean, I was 10 years old. Of course, I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, did I want him to? Uh, hold the title no but did yeah. i enjoy it or did i want to go maybe this time uh if i was watching home on a pay-per-view maybe it's time to go uh in the kitchen get some food or use the bathroom maybe but i mean um i didn't hate him yeah i always thought luna was uh underrated too as a female performer yeah no she was she 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 had a um with her look and presentation, like, you know, she got, like, the, the mullet mohawk kind of yep. there with the tattoo on the side of her head. And from the famous Vashon family, the, the niece of uh, uh, Butcher Vashon, mm-hmm. Mad Dog Vashon. Um, I never understood why they introduced her with Shawn Michaels the year before at WrestleMania 9. Because, you know, as a kid, I thought, well, you know, Shawn Michaels gets the good-looking girls. She's not exactly Shawn Michaels' type. But at the same time, um, you know... Uh, the, um, the 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 objective was for Michaels to eventually, uh, you know, yeah, come on in, come on in. You guys want to watch? You want to join us? You can come in and hang out, or are you just here to uh, you you just here to just check on us. We, we have some visitors. These are here. my uh, kids, by the way. So yeah, they're just we, want they're wanting to see what's going on, and they love wrestling too. Yeah, maybe maybe we should have them join us so the, we can school them on what you know. Future good generation. Is. These two are going to be uh, main event in uh, WrestleMania forty five. Forty five. Where's forty five going to be? Let's, let's. We can we can go through the prediction scale. It'll probably be either New, uh, New Orleans or uh, New York. Yeah, again. that's pretty much what they're yeah. going with. Um, oh, my, that's what I wanted to ask you. I know you went to the um, uh, well, 
the last time they were at um, the New York Stadium. Was it cold? Oh, it was freezing. Now, yeah. did, did they have it like heated for wrestlers? Uh, the 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 ringside area did. Yeah, the ringside area did. That's for sure. Um, you had um, so it was like it was like you know early April. Yep. Uh, yeah, WrestleMania 29 in uh, MetLife Stadium in uh, New Jersey. Um, we had. Uh, it was it was sunny, but it was like very windy. I just remember like waiting in line for the porta potty in the parking lot. I waited for about a half hour um, because the line was so long and it was just so cold. And yep. the wind was just whipping in your face. I, I I have some pictures I could probably put up on the on the the kicking out of two Facebook page. But um, there you know I had like a winter hat and like a sweatshirt and like I was bundled up. Like it was cold. Yeah, it was like going to a football game. In the exactly. Wintertime, you See, know? The, I always wondered why they would pick that as a um WrestleMania because you know that obviously living year. in New England there could be either area, yeah. a huge rainstorm, snowstorm. You never know. So I just my question is what would they do if there was a snowstorm or bad rain? Um, well, they have like a structure that's over the ring. Like you ever, you know, when you watch WrestleMania, if especially if it's outdoors, and you yeah. see those like pillars on like the four corners. Mm-hmm. Um, they have like a roof like structure that you know that would cover the ring. That what would about cover you the guys? ringside and even the ringside area too, where the announcers are. Yep. Um, that year, I remember hearing that um, the ring posts had like um, I think they were. Um, they were heated. I don't know if it was like a propane, kind of like those propane heaters. Mm-hmm. Like you go to restaurants, they have those outside in the patios. Um, and even the inside structure was heated of the the, the, the scaffolding, the roof yep. that was hanging over the ring. That was heated as well. Um, well, you got to remember, too, a lot of wrestlers are in underwear, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the when you're performing, you're comfortable. But, you know, it was cold that night. So, I imagine, you know... A lot of those guys were, were not taking their time, heading, with the exception of Undertaker, were not taking their time getting down to the ring because yeah. it was that cold. Um, and it didn't get any warmer as the night went on. Um, but as this match goes on here, we see uh, Doink setting up for the whoopee cushion and Bigelow moving out of the way here. Referee Danny Davis officiating this mixed tag team match. Danny Davis... Uh, you remember know, when he was wrestlers look like that? I don't know. Even again, I'm getting a little in, into 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 wrestling, but um, just watching how you know wrestlers used to bump and just land, it just looks a lot. I don't know, better back then. I don't think wrestlers. Sell, I don't know. Maybe it's all about. Um, it's, I think it's a safety. Thing, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like they right. didn't like you know. The, it, I'm sure you've watched enough stuff on yeah. WWE Network when they show yeah. like guys at the performance center. Like they have rings with crash pads, yeah. or they have a ring that's set up and just the mat is. It's not a. It's not a hard surface. It's like a. Yeah. Again, like a, you know, it's I, like a big I, giant pillow, but they use it to practice. Yeah, I've told you plenty. I just sometimes I I look at wrestling a lot different than other people. Oh yeah, yeah. No, everyone's got their their different view on it. Is uh, this match is over? Bam Bam Bigelow with a headbutt to Doink. Him and Luna picking up the victory over Doink and Dink the Clown in this WrestleMania 10 mixed tag match. Did you think she was scary back then? I thought she was when you were as a kid. Scared? No. Crazy? Not, yeah. As yeah. looking at it now, I was like, she doesn't. She, I mean, she's not the best looking woman in the world, but she has, she has a decent body. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't. You know, I don't look at her body because I don't think she's anything attractive to me. Um, so I just kind of disregard 
if she, um, if she was in decent shape and still alive today, do you think she would be able to be like in the um, somewhat, you know, in a deep in the the rest in the uh, Royal she... Rumble or something? You yeah, know, come I'm out? sure that. Oh, Whoa, boy, that, that, yeah, that, that that wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah. Yeah, look, she pushed her off so she could sell that she missed the splash, even though she yep. didn't fucking miss the splash. Um, yeah, I'm sure that they would have brought her back um, for, like, a women's rumble if she was yeah. still alive. Yeah. Kind of like um, Jacqueline. Yeah, but at the same time, too, though, like, it depends. Like, some of those, it, they're, I wouldn't say they're weird, but, you know, it depends on the relationship that they that they have with those individuals, you know, like... Uh, uh, Medusa and Laundry Blaze. Yeah, for a long time, they yeah. black, you know, they blacklisted her because she threw the oh, belt yeah, in the trash no, on Nitro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've heard that Luna had suffered from some substance abuse issues, and she's married and to Gangrel. Right? She was married to Gangrel. That's right, and uh, she dealt with those issues for 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 quite some time. I don't know what her relationship was like with the company, but was she inducted to the Hall of Fame? She has not gone in no. yet. No, she has not gone in yet, as of this recording. Um, I mean, I think whatever history she has um, is preventing her. There we see. You remember this? Oh God, this was stupid. The the Bill Clinton impersonator with Erwin R. Scheister behind him. But this isn't the first time they did it. Remember, there was a time when Sonny went up there and they played the Monica Lewinsky type of. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. that was on. after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah that they, was that like They, they used this guy a few times. Um, their President Jack oh, Tunney. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Right next to President Bill Clinton. I remember I used to think that. Yeah, that's the he's the owner of WWE. There's the owner of WWE. Yeah, I remember when I was a kid, my father would be like, no, Vince McMahon owns it. I watch the news. Like, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. they're on trial for steroids. I'm like, no, Jack Tunney's the boss. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, when we were kids, um, I, uh, see, that's the good thing. You guys are lucky. Now, people who watch wrestling as kids now are a lot luckier than we were. I, yeah. You, used to get, you watch that fake stuff. You're, uh, <laughs> yeah. blah, blah, blah. But I like it. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what wasn't fake was my excitement for this with Hogan oh, yeah. and Andre from that WrestleMania as we saw that clip there. Did you watch this live? I, I did not. WrestleMania 3? Yeah. Uh, my father took me to um, closed circuit movie theater to watch it. That's cool. uh, we bought tickets. It was like. Can you, re a, you remember? Can you remember all that? I, re I, I remember awesome. a good part of that night. I just remember standing on my chair a lot in the movie theater watching it. You and can remember I, and, and, you and going. Four. That's going cool. back and thinking about it, I felt like I was there at times because I was so young and like you're watching it on this big giant screen in this theater. Like yep. I felt like I was in the arena at, at four years old at that time. Um, another individual who um, stole the show at WrestleMania three that they didn't highlight in that video package was the Macho Man. Oh yeah, uh -huh. dig it. Uh huh. Thinking, thinking, thinking. Um, yeah, they they you know highlighted him in this uh, this event here against Crush, and I was pretty happy because I loved Macho Man. So seeing him wrestle, yeah, I was I was I enjoyed it. I didn't want I certainly didn't want to see him on commentary. I hated no, that. No, I yeah. hated that. I mean, oh no, I, don't get me wrong. I love listening to him on commentary, but he could he he had a better role to fill as a um on in ring performer. Yeah, I wish they I wish they would have used him more. Um, during this time period, you know, I do think if they, um, if Vince had agreed and let him, you know, keep going on as a in-ring performer, do you think he would have stood and never went to WCW? Yeah, yeah, he was a loyal guy. Yeah, he seemed very loyal. Yeah. Um, same with uh, he Kurt didn't want to go. Who's that? Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect. Um, 
Hemming's story is a little bit different because he had that Lloyd's of London insurance policy. Um, and he was injured at that time, as we see Mr. Fuji with Konabra Shakabra Crush. Um, this rivalry, um, I thought this was a, I thought this was a pretty good rivalry. I didn't, you know, they 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 kind of became fast friends on TV. Yeah, well, that's what uh, again didn't Macho kind of uh, help him get this push? I'm pretty sure Macho Man had gone to management and said, you know, like, hey, you guys should. Do more with him now before both of them passed wasn't um didn't you i heard something that he was becoming a boxer and uh, yeah macho was um like his uh he was like a sponsor yeah yeah um yeah I, I believe he was supposed to have a professional fight and yep. savage and had kind of financed his training camp and um he was actually a um an assistant yeah for randy savage at one time as we see the pinfall here now this match is not over just yet this you is have a, to get to the yeah i was about to say wait i don't remember so it. this is kind of a take on the old texas death match style like so when they announced this match as false count anywhere i was really excited for this because i remember the first time i ever watched a false count anywhere match was sting and cactus jack from beach blast 1992 mm-hmm. so i was like oh this is gonna be great they're gonna go on the floor they're gonna go in the crowd like this is gonna be cool yeah um and they didn't really give you all the rules ahead of time, I remember. I just because yeah, when Crush yeah. pinned him right here, I was like, Huh? It's over. Yeah, it's over? Yep. And then the whole, you know, he's got like sixty seconds to get back into the ring. The old Texas deathmatch r- stipulation was he's gotta get up from it's almost like the last man standing. He's gotta get up after the ten count yep. for the match to continue. Um which they've used that um sparingly here and there uh, Mr. Fuji oh yeah Mr. Fuji you go down Randy Savage that's right you know macho man anymore ha 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 Mr. Mr. Fuji the king of ribs oh I love Mr. Fuji I love Mr. Fuji a he, rib is a, a prank by the way for you guys you marks out there yeah there's, there's, there's quite a few of them man. there's quite a few marks out there we're all marks you're yes, a mark yes. I'm a mark you're a Mark. They're not, a Mark. Everywhere a mark, mark. Mark. Not Mark Calloway. Old Mick Mark Donald had a farm. E I E I O. As uh, Crush is uh, putting the boots to Macho Man Randy Savage, continuing this Falls Count Anywhere match. Um, but I enjoyed the setup for this match. I don't know if you remember. Um, Crush had a, a title match with Yokozuna on Raw, and Yokozuna crushed him. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. And. When Crush came back, he was siding with Mr. Fuji, and he was blaming Randy Savage for putting him in that situation. Yeah, he was kind of like, a, at one point, like an anti-American. Yeah, which was stupid because he was Hawaiian, Hawaiian and yeah. Hawaii is a part of the United States. Is he really States. Hawaiian, though? Was he, really a, was he really Hawaiian? I think he's from Hawaii. Is he? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I should probably have done my homework well, before this. And, event, but, and he debuted as a... Um, member of a demolition correct yeah he was the third man when axe was uh no longer able to compete here and this is what i found weird too even as a kid okay false count anywhere matches essentially are no disqualification matches yes so if that's the case why are you hiding that yeah why are you hiding the powder or the salt the 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 the, the ceremonial japanese salt if you will um yeah why are you hiding it oh Powder in the face by Macho Man. Uh-huh. Not today, Crush. Uh-huh. Dig it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I didn't understand that. And then the referee. How do you not see that there's dust or powder in the air after that? 
Nice elbow by. Yeah, just you watching another. Just as we talked about before with Owen and um Brett, and just watching Macho, everything he does is motion poetry. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's uh, yeah. There's purpose. There's purpose for it all. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, if Savage wrote this whole match out and then him yeah, and I have heard he was um, very OCD like that. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, there was. I, I remember watching a, a, a I think the Steamboat documentary, the Ricky Steamboat documentary on the network. He talked about how Savage had like pages and pages and pages, and he had like every spot listed like by numbers. All right, we're gonna go through number one, two, three, four, like throughout the whole match, and they practice it, and to the point where Steamboat was like, "This is ridiculous." And then Flair confirmed it once too. Pinfall. Why did he I, again? I, um, why did he have to push him outside to pin him? I don't know. That was just, yeah. Was that didn't make sense either. Yeah. That certainly didn't make sense either. Um. Unless he's setting up for another spot coming up, but I think I think what it does it sets up the spot here where Fuji dumps the water on him. When yeah. Fuji gets the pitcher yep. water. Again, like you were saying, it must have been something because you know Macho had to have it exactly planned out. Perfect. Yeah, and 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 Flair told a story in his book too that when they were doing the build up for the WrestleMania Eight match, yep. Savage had a ring at his house, and him and Flair had to practice the match, and Flair was like. No man, I don't do this. I go on the feel of the audience. I kind of call it out there, and Savage like. I don't know, brother. You know, I'm like, uh-huh. you know, I'm like, uh, you know I, I need to remember these things, uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh, I, don't, I don't do the, you know, the, 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 the oh, Elizabeth, get back in the house. Yo, Elizabeth, uh-huh. That's right. I told you, you got chores to do, uh-huh. Wash my <laughs> car, uh-huh. Yeah, that's right, uh-huh. Stay away from Slick Rick. He's got a tricky dick, uh-huh. And you saw Fuji watering down Crush <laughs> to wake him up to continue this match here. Um, yeah, I just remember being disappointed. I, the, yeah, this wasn't the greatest match ever, especially yeah. for Macho, but... Well, just the fact that, like I said, I think I built my hopes up internally at 11 years old. Well, yeah, this you match is going to be like Sting and Cactus Jack. And you had, you know, I'm sure you were looking forward to seeing um, Macho fight, so you were looking forward to this match, and then it probably didn't live up to your hype. Yeah, just like I said, they weren't really clear on the rules going into it, and then, like I said, he pinned him in the first spot and i was like wait a minute this is over and then you got to pin him but you got to get up and get back in the ring like that's i don't know i just wasn't it didn't mm-hmm. didn't do it for me here um what'd you think of crush as a big man uh i mean he he's, he wasn't the best technician but he did his job he was good yeah but i like watching you could see that a lot of um a lot of guys had to, he was the type of wrestler that had to be carried yeah, he had to work with a lot of guys that were more experienced yeah. than him. I mean, um, I was actually going to ask you, too. Um, I enjoyed his, uh, I think, the best thing he did in, in the business, besides a little bit of stuff that he did with Demolition and Early Days Crush, was um, part of Chronic. But I heard they, they thought they were, you know, they had, a, they had big heads when they came back to... WWF, yeah. yeah. And then um, Undertaker and Kane basically just shut that down. yeah. Yeah, I heard. I heard that. Yeah, there was there was some issues um, when he when he came back in two thousand and one. But uh, I didn't mind the chronic stuff. Um, I thought it was interesting, and it was a role. It was a role suited for him in a tag team with another guy like yeah. similar in that size. They weren't the best wrestlers, but um, 
They were to me. They were like two a, big guys, a step, a step below like the APA, like yeah, Bradshaw yeah. and Farouk. Yeah, two big guys, similar looking, um, good uh, tag team name. Uh, even go with the with their wearing, and you know it would have worked, but the appearance, guess, yeah, yeah, they had they, a good look, yeah. They um, just had bad attitudes, and that doesn't fly with uh, Vince. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, the only thing I heard was is that they uh, they just didn't uh, sell. I I think it was just a the fact that they were out of the ring for a long time. Savage picking up the the, the pinfall here. They're out of the ring for a while. They come back. You know, it's 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 the only show in town, and um. You know, oh here yeah. now. Now this is now this, this is, is where he's t- tied. Yeah, he yeah. This is the finish here. Mm-hmm. He ties his legs, which people think is stupid, but it makes it's sense been done within plenty the rules. of times after this. Yeah, didn't John Diesel, Cena duct tape? Um, Brett did it to Diesel. John Cena did it to Batista. Yeah, hanging him yep. upside down. And this even was like what Macho did. He actually really hung him up. Yeah, but he didn't last very long. Savage, Savage. <laughs> Savage just should have stuck with wrestling, not trying to tie a knot like a Boy Scout. He tried. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, tried. He tried. I'll give him an A for effort, but. <laughs> he's but, like, yeah, I mean, uh, what you were saying before, go. Um, I, I liked Crush when he was a babyface. I liked him coming up and crushing those, uh, what was it, uh, pineapples or coconuts. Yeah, when they did, like, the vignettes where he was, like, you know. Yeah, brother. Like, yeah, brother. Yeah. 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 Hey, brother. Yeah. But he wasn't bad. I, I mean, I th- you know what I liked? I liked when he came back in 96 when they did the, the storyline that he was locked up in prison and then oh, he yeah, joined yeah, the nation. The, yes. Yep. I thought I that forgot was about cool. that. Yeah. Yeah. So we see Savage back in the ring working on Mr. Fuji. Mr. Fuji. Oh, yeah. Macho man, you cheating. You, you. Oh, yeah, that's right. I go fuck on this a bit later. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. And here we have it. Crush did not make the count or make it back to the ring. And your winner in this sloppy false count anywhere <laughs> match at Is WrestleMania Macho, uh, 10. Bleeding a little bit from the mouth. There. Macho man, Randy Savage. Crowd on their feet. Pretty excited for this. I mean, like I said, it's Macho man. It was cool to see him, but. The match itself, disappointed. This was his last WrestleMania, right? Yes, this was his last WrestleMania, um, which, like, out of nowhere, too. Like, you know, I didn't watch. I mean, I, my, my parents told me I had to go to bed and I had to bedtime and stuff like that. But I didn't know Randy Savage was in WCW later this year in 94 until I watched an old episode of WCW Saturday Night when they showed the highlights from Starcade when he did the run-in to help Hogan. Yeah. You know, I yeah, no I was. He left. See, um, with WCW, I knew of it. I never watched their pay per views or anything. But I, I was a on Saturday nights. I was, I was a um only child. Uh, you know, had friends over here and there. But on a Saturday night, I found, you know, uh, WCW Saturday night. So I, I got to watch that. That's how I found WCW. Yeah. I, yeah, I'd watch a lot of Saturday night and, uh, you know, when I had the opportunity, when I had the time. But um, as we see uh, Todd Pettengill interviewing the, uh, the the fake Bill Clinton here, the, the Bill Clinton impersonator. Um, this was silly, but, I mean, I guess, you know, this was a way to kind of break things up um, for the show. But, yeah, I, I my WCW viewing was a lot of Saturday night, even, yep. like, some of the Sunday morning stuff. Um, but it wasn't all the time. Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoyed Saturday um, Saturday night. Yeah, me too. Uh, what, what, and I'm glad they put some of them back on the network. They have like 199 like 
Do they? 1992. Yeah, I didn't good. know that. Yeah, I'm yeah. definitely get it. That, and then Superstars. Did you know about that? I heard about the Superstars. Yeah, yes. the original Superstars. Yeah, or the well, newer from one. ninety. So they've only released part of 1992. Okay. Um, but one of the episodes on there, which I'm going to be covering and doing a watch along, um, coming up in the springtime, is the episode where Papa Shango cursed the Ultimate Warrior and the Warrior yes, threw I up. I remember that. Yeah. I'm gonna do a watch along of that, and I believe sometime in may awesome um, if you want to be a part of that yeah yeah definitely, that'll, definitely. Be, that, that'll be a lot of fun um, it's, hey isn't that sister abigail's father yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah um erwin r shyster um who i believe if i'm not mistaken was advertised for a 10-man tag team main event um this is right here the highlights of the um the very first fan fest that they had uh Oh, 10 was the first one? Yep. Oh, so I, I guess I went to the second one. Yeah, 10 was the first 11. one. This was uh, the, the early do stages. Do they still do stuff like this or no? Oh, Access? Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. it's huge. So you, you made it into something even better than this. Oh, it's like it's awesome. like what the NFL does with the NFL experience. Look at, look like at the hash the action figures. Awesome. I'm jealous. Wow. I want to break open that case. Yes, you seem to. I want that Dusty. You got Dusty? I did get no. Dusty. Nikki got me Dusty for, uh, for Christmas um, off eBay. Yeah, I was. Uh, she got me Dusty, Macho King, Owen, Brett, and Undertaker. Nice. Yeah, because I needed a new Brett because the paint was wearing off. Mm-hmm. So, which I'm actually thinking about taking the other Brett and mailing it to someone to like customize it. Huh? Just yeah. for haha's, because yeah. I still have it. You know, I'm not gonna sell it. I'll just keep it. But yeah, the the fan fest here obviously would become fan access now, where like. You can watch live matches with, like, NXT guys. Yeah. Um, here we see Randy Savage in the theater of Madison Square Garden, which they were they were showing the uh, the um, the WrestleMania 10 event to those that couldn't get a ticket inside the garden. This is the theater that's, I believe, adjacent to Madison Square Garden. A lot of boxing fights, ESPN Friday now, Night MSG Boxing Fights. is all redone now, though, right? Yeah, they've redone a lot of Madison Square Garden. Um I went and saw a house show in 2010 there before they redid it mm-hmm. as like the old garden. And I'm glad I did. I know it sounds silly, but yeah, I wanted to go up. to the garden. Um, and then I went in 2013 when Bruno got inducted into the hall of fame and okay. they were just starting to redo the building, but it was like a three or four year process. Um, Here they are showing macho when he won the tournament. Yeah. Macho Man winning that tournament. Not one of the best WrestleMania events in and of itself. I, I, whenever I watched that WrestleMania, I skipped through everything just to get to that last match. Yeah. That's it, because everything nope. else was just kind of like, yeah. Nope. Leilani Kai, who was a part of the very first WrestleMania event, as she wrestled Wendy Richter for the World Wrestling Federation Women's Championship, commemorating the 10th anniversary of that. Um, going into this match here, she's set to face the Alundra Blaze, Medusa, uh, the World Wrestling Federation Women's Champion, the, who's uh, famously known for taking that championship in 1995 and throwing it in the trash on WCW Monday Nitro. Ducey, Medusa. I used to have a crush on her when I was a kid. And she is a Paul Heyman girl. Yes, that's right. The probably the first Paul Heyman girl. Yes. Maybe even the only one. Who knows? But um Yeah, women's wrestling obviously in nineteen ninety four was not really uh showcased. 
Um, but when they did bring her in, it was wrestling. It was wrestling, yeah. You know, the matches with like her and Bull Nakano. Yeah, those were good. Those were good yeah. matches. I thought they were really good matches. Um, but at the time, it wasn't something that's accepted like it is today. Well, then again, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean, but you you do look at some of the um, the women wrestlers from back then. They do not look like the de- uh, not not even trying to be talk about divas, but some of the women that wrestle now. Yeah, cosmetically, obviously, you know, the women weren't as attractive back then as we're they, not talking about Medusa. She's fine. Yeah, she's fine. Yeah, I yeah. Oh yeah, she 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 she's a knockout. Oh, what is that? What? The graphic. Did, did that say Owen Hart? That graphic did say Owen Hart. Yeah, a little technical difficulty on the on WWE's production there, but you know, I will say <laughs> the, that was funny seeing um, a woman with a mullet. Not to get too into what's going on today when it comes with uh, you know to the women, but um, and, and and the current product in and of itself. But I'll be quite honest with you, the way they've they've showcased the women going into this WrestleMania, I, I've. This is probably the most interest I've had in a women's match going into WrestleMania, with the ex- maybe with the exception of last year with Oscar and Charlotte, but yep, like, yep. like with Becky and Ronda and Charlotte, and you know who's going to wrestle who, and possibly potentially being the main event to close out this year's WrestleMania in 2019. I think 100 percent that this, they're going to close it out. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've just never been more and more excited for the women's match. And probably, like I said, last year, I was pretty pumped to see Charlotte and Asuka because I knew they were going to tear it up. And then the whole story of, you know, the title and then the, uh, you know, the streak and, and everything else there is uh, Mr. Mr. Garabedi and cracking open a cold one. <laughs> Kick out by... Leilani Kai to Alundra Blaze. Yeah, I don't know. I just Well, the I, women, too, you know, if you want, especially with Raw, they're... It seems they're more in the in the front of the what's going like on. The main that, story yeah, 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 exactly. And I have I don't have a problem with it. Ronda, you know, Ronda really is the besides Lesnar, who's never around. But Ronda really is the, I guess you could say, the biggest star they have. Yeah, I mean, I, I there's a lot of undeserved hate for Ronda, um, but for someone who who has limited experience doing this. She's done a pretty fine job for herself. She's doing what she has to. I yeah. have no hate whatsoever. Yeah. You know, people will nitpick and it's like, oh, they let her go out there looking like that with that makeup or, that's, oh, they gave her a live mic. Like, Well, that's her. They, I mean, they're not braiding her hair and doing that. That's what she wants to do. I'm sure she wanted to do that when she was in um, MMA. MMA, but yeah. you know, she couldn't. Now she can. I just think, like, you know, for someone with very little experience and how far she's come, um, if if Ronda wasn't involved in WWE, and Jr. said this recently, I read an interview. The, the girls won't be main eventing WrestleMania. I agree. You know what I mean? Um, no matter how good Becky, Charlotte, whoever, um, you know, like it's it, Ronda's association with the women helps the the women in WWE. Um, you know, long term. You know, Ronda's not going to be there forever. Obviously. Yeah, there's. You, I'm sure you guys hear all the rumors about. They thought she was gonna be gone after this mania or whatnot. Well, I mean, the, if you guys have seen the Great women German don't, suplex. women do not stay stay as long as the guys do. They want to either have a family or do something else. So that's just what happens. But yeah, she. I, I, I say I think she'll stick around a little bit longer. I th- I think she will too. Captain um, Lou Abano. Speaking of women, 
May Young, fabulous Mula at ringside. Nikolai Volkov there. Uh, as Alundra Blaze picks up this very quick victory over Leilani Kai. But, um, yeah, um, it's, it's just amazing to see. And it goes to show how old we are. How far women's wrestling has come um, to the point where it's a sideshow and a attraction or treated like a an extra on these cards whereas it's now the main focal point and the women aren't just treated like you know sexual objects exactly it's about their athleticism that that, that's really being enhanced and shown um well we went from here where we had a um you know it wasn't the longest match probably the shortest match obviously of the um the night but it was a, a wrestling match yeah and then you know a few few years later you had a uh what a bra and panties match yep. for a, um a title yeah you know, so it went it did go backwards for a long and, time and now yeah. we're you know now we're looking at potentially the first ever female-led main event for wrestlemania yeah, 35 and when we say main event we mean the last match on the card yes. not like one of the highlighted matches but. i don't like when they say that you know um main event a main event is one yeah. I don't like when they have the, the, I know. the 15th main event. They could night. say like featured attraction yeah. or um, something that wasn't a featured attraction here. Um, men on a mission. Um, Did Mo, you tell me the story about this guy where um, Vince um, had the, he rapped for Vince and then Vince gave him the job as the manager? I, I vaguely I vaguely hear I vaguely remember hearing something about that. Um, I don't know the 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 story behind yep, that yep. but i know that um he um he encountered some issues with uh with sean michaels behind the scenes when michaels was really becoming more um a diva oh uh, yeah yeah when, when, yeah when michaels was going through his own women's evolution so to speak <laughs> in the locker room and uh he wanted out and i believe he left um i want to say I want to say maybe a, a year after this, right around WrestleMania time. Um, but yeah, men on a mission. Mo and Mabel. Whoop! There it is. Um, is that Shinsuke Nakamura in the front? <laughs> the Shawn Michaels jacket on? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Now is this it? is coming around when there was a time when um. Uh, I came to think of the this is when hip hop music um, was really starting yeah, to become that, more popular. The song in, that you said that they had that yeah. big song. Whoop! There yeah. it is. You know, Rex in effect, mm-hmm. um, tag team, uh, hip hop was during this time period, a, a really making a, 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 a splash in the music scene. Speaking of divas, there's Shawn Michaels with, uh, Rhonda Shear from, uh, I don't was know she what she was. WCW or no? no, she did like a, um, she did a show on, uh. On the USA, it was called Up All Night, and they were promoting it, and that's why they had her part of this WrestleMania. There's Burt Reynolds, Reynolds, the late Burt Reynolds, probably the the the, the original Heartbreak Kid. Uh, he was he was quite the heartthrob nope, nope. Uh, with all the ladies here. Um, yeah, little uh, little break in between Men on a Mission's uh, Whoop There It Is party out in the ring, but. Um, yeah, she was. I don't know what she was famous for, other than she had this show called U, on USA called Up All Night. It was like a. I wonder how much they, you know, just so just for um, him being there doing that little part. How much he got paid for yeah, it? Because back then, you know, they always had uh, actors or people around. I would imagine he he. I mean, he's got his own fee, so to speak, like a lot of these actors yeah. do. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. 
Um, Still seeing those Canadian flags in the arena. Speaking of Canadians, we got a couple right here. Jacques and Pierre, the Quebecers, and the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champions with Johnny there, Polo. Can you name who Johnny Polo is? Yes. We can quote the Raven, never, never more. more. <laughs> but... Um, you, it's funny that the, I, I I forgot about this match. Not gonna lie, I mm -hmm. forgot about this match before watching it. And then going back and watching it, um, as we see Pierre ready to make a double axe handle off the second rope to Mabel from Men on a Mission. Um, like I said, I uh, I forgot that this match even happened. And then uh, I don't know if you've been following um, on social media, but, um, ring of honor, Pierre, yeah. you know, PCO, Pierre, yep. Car Carl, Ouellette, he's making a comeback and he's, he's got some, he's got a pretty strong following. Yeah. Yeah. They do these like PCO is not human, uh, kind of, uh, promos on his social media. It's almost like he's like a, um, yeah, he's some face paint, like a Frankenstein yeah. kind of yep. character. I just saw something on Twitter recently where, um, I don't know if the guy is like his manager, like on TV or, 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 you know, at some of the indie appearances, but they took a staple gun and they stapled his mouth shut to like prove his toughness. And literally, like, literally? legit, like wow. you got to go find, like you, you can probably Google it or YouTube it, but this guy took like one of those big giant industrial staple guns. I'm not talking about like. Like a regular staple, you staple piece of paper. I'm talking like a heavy-duty staple gun and stapled his lips shut, like on this video. It, it made me cringe. Um, but, yeah, he's he's making a comeback in uh, 2019. And allegedly, um, he was offered a deal to, to, to come to WWE um, recently, but he turned him down to uh, to go to Ring of Honor. But who knows? It's coming from him. He's yeah. also the same guy who said he was supposed to be the, the world champion. I heard that, too. Um, well, maybe if, if WWE did offer him something that probably was backstage or agent type he wanted he probably wanted to wrestle he wanted to be on air so i would imagine maybe even they, they would have brought him in to work nxt and yeah. kind of be like the veteran on that brand mm -hmm. and like that audience that nxt has they kind of appeal to him and have some like they're the kind of audience that you know he would appeal to because of the the internet you know wrestling fans and the, yeah. the following they have for him currently um but yeah, here we see the Quebecers and men on a mission for the tag team titles. Not the uh, not the standard classic WrestleMania tag team match um, that we've been accustomed to over the years. But uh, we didn't really there, the tag team division back then wasn't um, too outstanding, right? I mean, no, who, who I was mean there. I can't really remember that many more. Well, it was like these two teams. I know, like you know, they they the Quebecers traded the titles with Janetti and. Uh, one, two, three, kid, as we see PCO yeah, yeah. flying over the, the the top rope onto Mo from Men on a Mission. Um, yeah, there weren't that really many established teams um, in the in the WWF. The Heavenly Bodies, I think, had were a run. They? Pritchard and uh, Tom, Doctor Tom Pritchard and Gigolo Jimmy Del Rey. I think they were. They, but they were part time because they were also Smoky Mountain wrestlers with yes, Jim Cornette's yep. promotion, mm -hmm. but. Um, yeah, tag team wrestling, you're right, at this time was not... Or it was, like you said, a lot of, like, um, two singles wrestlers thrown together. Yeah, like a mixed match, yeah. Head Shrinkers, I think, would debut something. No, they were already in WWF at this time. Uh, Fatu and Samu? Yeah. Yeah. They were already in the company at this time. And they were originally scheduled to be a part of this event, but, uh, due to time constraints, their match got cut short. We'll, we'll discuss that later. As we see Mo with that 
running somersault into PCO. Call them PCO like that's what they called them back in the day. But <laughs> um, I like the Mountie character. We're the Mounties. But I don't know. I mean, the Quebecers were all right, but. I re- this wasn't really my primary focus of what I enjoyed watching. Yeah, it was this like, was your uh, WrestleMania throwaway match, basically. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, I feel like in the last few years, as much emphasis as they've put on tag team wrestling, they've also treated it somewhat poorly, especially at WrestleMania, like when they had uh, that that 10-year-old kid. Oh, when yeah. the, when the title, which I thought that was kind of genius in a way to like market Braun as like you know being a, a fitting that child demographic, but it, it didn't go anywhere. Yeah, it was just a one time thing. Yes, they they messed up with Braun this year anyway. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean they've they've had a few opportunities to pull the trigger, and for whatever reason. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, I mean, so I mean, nowadays, if you want to look at the face of wrestling, everybody's like, okay, Roman, uh, Rollins, this guy, that guy. The face of WWE is, is Brock, Brock Lesnar. Yeah, it's it Brock. has been Brock Lesnar. Yeah. So I, I guess he is the guy. You know, that, you know, it's not Roman, it's not anybody else. It's Brock. I've had this conversation with Justin before, and he kind of put it into perspective. He goes, Brock, in the last several years, um, has had a run very similar to you know early days of Hogan. Where, yep. you know, Hogan beat everyone and, you know... Hogan he wasn't on Superstars. And yeah. And Brock is, is kind of going that direction where... Oh, impressive here. Double suplex to the Big, Big Mabel. Man. And you see Johnny Polo. I remember when he was Johnny... So, when he was Johnny Polo, I called him Scotty Flamingo. From, w- from yeah, WCW. I remember his name, yeah. And then before that, he used to wrestle for... Um, I believe it was uh, USWA Global, uh, GWF, Global Wrestling Federation, and he was Scotty the Body. Was he? Yes. I didn't know that. Kick out here by... I didn't know uh, Scotty Flamingo, but... Yeah, he, he was had, a light he had a few heavyweight. With, uh, he had a few with Johnny Bad too, I think. I think he might have, yeah. I know that he was. They, they used him as like a light heavyweight for the WCW light heavyweight division back in like 92. He was mm-hmm. like wrestling like Pillman and Brad yeah. Armstrong and yeah. guys like that. But, um, and then he like disappeared and I didn't know where he turned up to until I, 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 I flipped through an old Bill Apter magazine and saw that he was in ECW as Raven. Did he ever have a, a actual wrestling <laughs> match in, or was he just a in WWF manager? Yeah. yeah. He, yeah. He wrestled like, a few matches here and there. As like, Johnny Polo? Yeah, like okay. one, two, three kid, Marty Gennetti. Uh, but he wasn't like a regular. He was primarily the manager. Yes. Um, yeah. Although yeah. they used him as like a – sometimes they used him as like, an, like a backstage interviewer, yeah. um, color commentator. I wonder um, why because obviously we know he was he – was, uh, He's a pretty decent, good talker. Yeah, decent. Yeah, good talker, decent wrestler. So I yeah. wonder why they didn't use him more. They put him as a, a manager. The story I've heard was that he wanted to wrestle more and he wanted to do more and – for whatever ooh, that was pretty sloppy <laughs> that's <laughs> i don't know what that really was supposed to accomplish mo kind of piggybacking off of mabel but um he wanted to do more and i think he also pitched to be a part of the creative process okay. and help write the tv and i don't know if i don't know what happened but i think i think he left not too long after he didn't end up becoming a part of the, the, the writing team. It wasn't even a writing team. It was just a couple of guys like Booker's back then, like Vince and 
Pat Patterson and you know a couple other guys. But um, this is a countout win, isn't it? Yeah, this is a countout win, and then they take the belts, um, Mo and Mabel, and they celebrate and like they won the belts and. Last time I checked, especially in 1994, yeah, because they don't, they're in, the they're belts in, don't they're change a hands. They're disqualification. Don't that, that happens. Yeah, so I don't get what they were so excited for, you know, winning by countout when they knew damn well that they weren't going to be the champions. But I guess it was a way to like save face for for the Quebecers. Um, and also because Men on the Mission was somewhat fairly new and in a prime spot like this at WrestleMania, it was to kind of give them a little bit of a spotlight, even though it was almost like a dusty finish. Did they ever have the titles? No, they didn't. Mm-hmm. They did not. Um, I believe they were feuding with the Smoking Guns in 95. When they were bef- heels? When they were heels. And then that was before the Guns lost it to Yoko and Owen. Yeah. The next year. So we get another Coliseum home video WrestleMania moment. WrestleMania 6 from the Sky Dome in Toronto. April 1st, 1990. That's right. Ultimate Hulk Hogan Warrior. and the Ultimate Warrior. The Ultimate Challenge. This was the first time I had witnessed like Hulk Hogan losing like in a on like a grander scale, and I didn't like Ultimate Warrior after this. I really didn't. Still, he's don't. still kind of if if a lot of a lot of people say, but you know, if you watch towards the end of the match, Hogan still kind of got in and tried to take all that glory at the end of that match. Oh he yeah, still he tried w- to be there. Yeah. And here we see part one of the double main event. Here, the first is that Donnie Wahlberg. That is Donnie Wahlberg. When he was, um, before he was an actor, when he was on new, new when he was new, new kids on the block, when they when 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 new kids was trying to like, this was at the time when boy bands were like starting to really get phased out, yep, and yep. new kids tried to rebrand themselves. They would call they they would call themselves NKOTB, even though that stood right. for New Kids on the Block. Yeah, it was just yeah. another way to market just themselves. Yeah, um, but. Uh, yeah, part one of the, the two part of the double main event here. Yeah, they got the credits on. Oh, there it is now. Ronda Sheria. Before it's a Donnie Wahlberg. Um, yeah. So for some of you that are uh, you know keeping score here on kicking out at two, we did a 1994 Royal Rumble match watch along where Justin and I watched the Royal Rumble match, and that was infamous for being the first and only time in Royal Rumble history there was a tie as Bret Hart and Lex Luger would end up winning that Rumble match, um, determining how both of them were going to get an opportunity at the championship at this WrestleMania that we are currently watching right now. There was a coin toss on Monday night raw that would, that would determine um, who faced the champion first. And before we even get into that, I'm backtracking and losing it here. This would be the return of Mr. Perfect as the guest referee for this WrestleMania. They were hyping up that there was going to be two guest referees in this, in each of those championship matches. Um, I remember as a kid, I, was, I always enjoyed like the mystery opponent, mystery partner, mystery referee kind of factor. Yep. Nowadays, they advertise everyone ahead of time so they can get people to watch. But especially somebody as uh, <clears throat> a perfect caliber to be a referee, you know? Yeah, which I thought was pretty cool um, that, that he that he he took on this role. Um, it kind of threw me for a loop. This is the point, and this is the point in the in in the in the evening. 
um, 25 years ago where I walked through the front door of my friend's house and started watching. started watching it live. And I was like, Mr. Perfect's the referee? And he's like, yeah, sit down. And then, you know, we continued to watch WrestleMania. But anyhow, back to what I was saying. Um, long story short, they flipped a coin. Luger won the coin toss. He gets the first match against the champion Yokozuna, and the winner would face Bret Hart. However, um, I don't know if you remember this, but just recently watching that episode of Raw, they announced that if Luger lost the coin toss, that he was going to have to face Crush first before he would wrestle the winner of, of the the WWF Championship match. I do. That's that's why I was really confused at this mania because I was like, why did Brett have to wrestle um, a match before fighting Yoko, but Luger didn't. But yeah, but the thing was, is that, that was because Brett lost the coin toss. Yeah, so whoever yeah. lost the coin toss was still going to have to wrestle a match before they got their opportunity at the title. Yeah. So I think what they were trying to do was make it an even playing field for yep. the person that was going for the, you know, for each guy going for the championship. Well, remember too, if you know that with the Lex Express and everything they were trying to do with that, just you know, exploded in their face. If that had worked out, Brett wouldn't even been in the picture. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. We didn't want Luger. We, you know, everybody, you know, even in the locker room, everybody. A lot of people didn't. Yeah, a lot of people didn't want Luger um, in the title picture, and I don't know why they didn't pull the trigger. Honestly, I really don't. I know that like they, I've heard stories that like they felt like he wasn't as popular. Yeah, Yeah. that he wasn't as popular, and he wasn't bringing in the attendance. And I mean, nobody was bringing in those big attendance numbers in 1993. Luger always looked like he could care less if he was there. To me. You make a great point. To me, Luger, you're right. He looked like he could care less when he was out there, but at the same time, you know, you and I are longtime wrestling fans. Yeah. I always looked at him as the total package Lex Luger, and Luger was like, you know, a dick. Yeah, you know, as yeah. a, as a character, you know what I mean? Like he flexed his muscles. You know, he was like a better heel. Yeah, yeah he was a be- he was better at being a bad guy than he was in this you know Yankee Doodle Dandy on steroids, yeah. as I've always said on this podcast. But um, yeah, I mean, I just I I always looked at like Sergeant Slaughter, Hulk Hogan, and like maybe even Hacksaw Jim Duggan as like all American the all American heroes, right? Yeah. And then Luger comes in, and it's like. I felt like he was like a Hulk Hogan ripoff, but without like the, let me tell you something, brother. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I liked Luger's the total package better, you know? But this is 1993 going into 94, and, um, you know, they had to do something to make up for Hogan's departure. Um, but let's think about this just here for a minute. Imagine if Luger wasn't in this spot and Hogan was still around, and they play off of WrestleMania 9 from the year before. Yeah. Do you think they so you go, mean in the, in the Royal Rumble, it was uh, Hogan and Brett that went over the top at the same time? Yeah, imagine that, okay? And they, like I said, they kind of like mirror yeah. like what they did at WrestleMania 9. Like, you know, because this is really essentially a takeoff of, you know, the year prior yeah. with two title matches. But this time, both title matches are advertised, mm-hmm. you know? So, um this was interesting. Like I said, the referee aspect with Mr. Perfect involved. Um you know, you kind of knew, even back then, I remember, like, how is he going to get involved, you know? Um, no, they go on a feud after Luger and Perfect. 
Not very long, though. No, I, yeah. It was like, it was quick. It was a blink of an eye. Yeah, like, I don't even remember them having, they didn't have a match on pay-per-view. No, it was on Raw. Yeah, maybe, I don't even know. Like, honestly, I don't remember. Um, Yeah, it was, but it it was cool, you know, like, seeing Mr. Perfect come back, be the referee, um, be a part of this match. Um, You just knew something was, something was going to go down. Um, I, me as a kid, I was hoping Luger wins the title and it's him and Brett in the main event at WrestleMania later, later on in the night based off of the Royal rumble and the interaction that they had. That's yeah. what I thought was going to take place. What about you? Um, I never really thought about it like that. I mean, I was watching again, the whole pay-per-view. I just was, you know, hoping for Brett to come out on top. But um, I, I kind of thought that Luger would either win or lose, but I was I, I was more happy with uh, Brett getting his revenge against Yoko at the end. I mean, that, that's the more sensible story, yeah. I guess. So like, I think that's why they went that route too. You know, they're trying again. They're trying to fix their mistake from the year prior with uh, Hogan jumping in and. Oh, I don't think taking... that was a mistake, my friend. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, I know what you mean. I don't know. I mean, just me. That's me being biased as a Hogan fan. But even as a kid, like, it well, was, you know, it was that, cool was, that was to... Hogan being Hogan. But but it was cool to see a surprise like that at ten years old. Like I didn't order that pay per view, but then when my friend got on the bus. No, I was day, I was, was like Hulk Hogan won the title. I'm like the tag team title, and he was like, no, the WWF title. I'm like, he wasn't even in the match. Mm-hmm. Like that was cool. It was like I had to get the replay, even though I didn't get the replay. I had to get it on tape when it was made to the video store. Like people shit all over that. That's one of my guilty pleasures. Like I had no problem with that, but it didn't lead to anything. Exactly at that, that would have been I would have been okay with the whole entire finish if okay, boom, you know, it let to Brett and Hogan, and then never did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that was give the devil his due. Yeah, but I think that was a lot more Vince than it was Hogan. Let's be honest. I every story I've heard from numerous people that were there at the time, it was. Brett thinks Hogan politicked it, but everyone, everyone thinks that it was Vince's decision. And the story so I've heard Vince was still being scared that he can't have a big pay per view or main event without Hogan. Yeah, he wanted to do some kind of surprise and cash in on his return. Um, but the story, that, the story I've heard was that Brett confronted Hogan and was like, "You know, you stabbed me in the back," or. Um, he was like, "No, man, I didn't. This was the this was the fin." He goes, "I never said that, you know, I was going to job to you. I never said I was going to work with you. Um, maybe that's what Vince told you." And he was like, "All right, well, then let's go see Vince." And the story that Hogan has told, and the story that a lot of other people has told, is that Brett got in the you know cornered both uh, Hogan and uh, and Vince and said, "You know, all right." Didn't you tell me that I was going to get the belt and beat Hogan? And Vince was like, that's not what I said. And so Brett has accused Vince over the years of kind of stirring it up and lying. But Brett also has dictated that Hogan was the one that helped orchestrate that, too. I mean, yeah. it depends on who you believe. Well, in. then we got, again, you know, too, like, it's especially with me and you can argue all day because you got to, you're, you're, well, we could say pro Hogan, I'm pro Brett. But then again, too. You got both of them have. You don't know which one's telling the truth, so we we never know. And you know, and I'll say this: I know he's your boy, but it seems like 
it seems like every situation, anytime Brett tells a story, he's always the victim. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's like, the bitterness. Like, you know, when he had his issues with Sean, it was all Sean. Yeah. Sean was always the dick. Yeah. You know, Brett didn't have any part in that. With this situation, Brett blames Hogan, but he also blames Vince. Yeah. But you know what never, I mean? he never he never takes accountability for anything. Yeah. Yeah. I you get know? you. I agree. Hey, I'm a loyal Brett fan. That's I agree. that. Yeah, and we've talked about that before. That's where I stand when it comes to Brett. Personally, I just you know I don't think uh, I don't know. I'm just yeah. I wish he could be he'd be more um, happier. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he has a lot of fans, but uh, he just shit. A lot of bad stuff happened, so. I, yeah. I, I I get it. I had a lot of bad stuff happen in my life, so I understand. There's a point in time you also got to, like, move on and, like, yeah. get over it. You know yeah. what I mean? It seems like he can't do that. You know, he's getting older. You never know. So I, if I was him, I'd want to, you know, have some kind of good, you know, I mean, I know he's, he's I don't know, does he have a Legends contract? Uh, I don't know if he's under a contract I mean, the with last time he was ever there was what, when he came out with Natalia? Possibly, I don't even remember to be honest with you. And I just he know that like, like he didn't want to be there. Yeah, but you know, he's very outspoken, very opinionated. Um, I do remember the last time I, I told you the story about when Piper died and he did the you yeah. know he, he he kind of threw Hogan under the bus for no reason, but um, he he uh, he once um, told a story. Uh, accounting his time when I think he did that storyline with Natty. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was right around the time when there was some rumors going around. This is when, like, Shane McMahon just returned. Okay. And so um, he got interviewed, and they asked him about his involvement at, like, the recent pay-per-view he was at, and he talked about being out there with Natty. And then uh, somebody asked him a question about, you know, his status with the company and he had mentioned that uh you know he goes oh i could notice the tension backstage amongst the family with hunter and shane and stephanie like it's not so, there's there's some truth behind it in the storyline and and this that and the other and it was uh i don't know i just the way he the way he, it was depicted by him he made it seem like like he had all the answers but he wasn't going to reveal it in the interview and yeah. i just thought it was kind of silly and stupid but um i'm kind of getting away from this match here a little bit um yeah i was getting ready to, what do you think of uh yoko's in, in ring performer i thought it was great i thought it was great man i loved him and I, it was unfortunate that you know his weight became a major factor as to yeah. why he didn't have as long of a run um I think there's something on WWE Network in, like, the Hidden Gems section. You can find, like, his tryout match. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, I think so. I could be wrong. Yeah, I might have to go look um, in the Hidden Gems section of WWE Network. But um, I loved him, man. He was such a good, like, evil, foreign bad guy, good yeah. big man. And just um, think about that. He had a long run. He had almost, what, a year run? With would, a title? And yeah, back nine, then when it was, uh, you know, back then title wasn't um, – pass around as much as it is now and you got pretty much you know hogan 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 brett yeah macho flair and then now all of a sudden you got this huge samoan portraying a japanese wrestler holding that title and you know you know nowadays you know that's the biggest thing like oh why is uh why is this guy not oh, well vince doesn't like fat guys <laughs> look at this yeah, right here proof right here 
Don't say Samoa Joe can't be a champ. Oh, I, I, I stopped doing that whole no, you know, this person will never be the champ, that person will never yeah. be the champ when, you know, like, like a Daniel Bryant or even, like you said, a Jinder Mahal won the title. Like, anything's possible at this point, in my opinion. Um, they'll give it to the guy that sweeps the fucking floor uh, at the office, for, for, for all we know. But um, no, I enjoyed nice. Yoko's run. I really did. I liked the insertion of Cornette as, like, yep. the American spokesperson, Mr. Fuji, the whole presentation. I really enjoyed when he tagged with Owen. What did you was, believe he was uh, Japanese or Samoan? I thought he was Japanese yep, as a kid. Me too. Uh, you know, uh, Yokozuna. I didn't realize what Yokozuna meant um, in 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 real life. You know, it means you know grand champion as mm-hmm. a sumo wrestler. But um, you know, I thought that was his legitimate name. I thought name. Excuse you know, me. Yeah, but would say with bonsai, so you never knew. You know, yeah, he didn't talk or anything. Bonsai! That was stupid. Did you see that? Did you see that? Luger Luger got thrown out to the floor and then like took a ridiculously stupid bump into into the the guardrail and then like took like another bump on the floor like it was like it was like (laughs) oh I forgot to hit that (laughs) Mr. Perfect with his um his uh best looking pajamas Uh, he looks like he's in a prison jumpsuit yeah like old school prison like down south like chain gang kind of like, oh brother, deal. we're out though. Yeah, yeah, Outfit. exactly. Yeah, Yokozuna working on Lex Luger here, made in the USA. Lex Luger. Um, the only thing I heard like about Yoko, he was uh, he w- he would get winded very very quickly. Yeah, I mean, you yeah, know, he was a big guy, but he had to work around some of his limitations, I'm sure. But I mean, he was he was for a guy his size, he was a great performer, um, very believable. He would still take that. Uh, um, like if he took a clothesline and he'd do that, that bump where he'd uh, almost do like a front flip into a, a bump for a big guy his size. Same thing that um, Rikishi used to do when he. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The clothesline that like that, that would turn you inside out. Yeah. 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 He didn't do that often, but when he did, it was it yeah, was so early on. Yeah. You know, when he started. I used to like it when he'd get knocked through the ropes. Yes, yes. You know, yeah. like someone would either hit him with a clothesline or a drop kick and he'd get like knocked like completely through the ropes and fall out of the ring and you know. I was watching it was very him. similar to the Andre spot when Andre would get like yeah. clotheslined and yep. then he'd fall back and get tied, get in, the tied ropes. in the ropes. Yep. Yeah, that was like Yoko's like signature big yep. man, you know, kind of, you know, spot that he he he'd not do it in every match, yeah. but depending on who he was in the ring with, like a Luger. Luger's, Luger and Undertaker were like perfect examples of guys. Yep. Now, here's a, here's a question I have to ask you. 1994, Undertaker had the casket match with Yokozuna at that Rumble. Royal Rumble event, and then he was nowhere to be found. In 1994, were you... I believe that was all happening in real life. If that's what you're asking. No, I'm just thinking, oh. like, were you wondering why he wasn't a part of WrestleMania? Or did you, so, so you're saying you thought he... Yeah, so that's, yeah, so then exactly like what you're saying. Like, I, I was like, okay, he's, he, whatever happened, uh, he, he got put in a casket. He's he's done. He's done. He's dead. He's, he, 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 his ghostly appearance went into the, the, the rafters yeah. heaven. So I believed every bit of that. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know, I, I was... And that's, you know, that is for just, you know, again, children who are listening, uh, close your eyes for a second, but <laughs> same same way we, we uh, when we grow up, we believe in um, the... Santa Claus, San, Santa Easter Claus, Bunny. Easter Bunny, it's the same thing with wrestling. Yeah. Once you grow up, you realize what's what and what's not. You know what I thought as a kid, um, 
I didn't know what to make of of him disappearing. I always thought at 11 years old, well, he'll be back. He'll be yeah. back. He's coming back. He'll be back. Where'd he go? But doesn't matter because he'll come back. And I, from what I've heard, he 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 had he was nursing some injuries. They gave him some time off. Yeah. Um, well, now nowadays they tell you, okay, yeah, he's um they'll sell they'll sell it as a uh you know they somebody took a steel chair to somebody's leg and now they're out for nine months. Yeah. Where back then it would be like something like really crazy like that. Yeah. In this situation, like I thought hindsight being 2020 is, is, you know, his health obviously was a priority and they, that's why they kind of kept him off the card here and let him heal. And, you know, uh, with his injuries and I mean, they had a pretty solid roster going into WrestleMania, but imagine Undertaker part of this WrestleMania, like, I wouldn't say he'd be in the title picture, but I could picture him like who? Yeah, who? So give me a, um, a scenario. Yeah. All right. So let's think about it here for a minute. He was he was in the casket match with Yokozuna, and Mister Fuji had hired all these all guys those, yep. to help Yokozuna put him in the casket. Who is he wrestling? Well, you could you could have thrown him in there with Bam Bam Bigelow, even though Bam Bam had something with Doink. You could have you could have squashed that. Yeah. Um, that would have been a way better match. Yeah. You could have put him in there with Diesel. Yep. Diesel was relatively new. You could put him in there with Adam Bomb. Wasn't Jarrett part of that? Though? Jarrett was a part yeah. of that, but I don't think that would have been a WrestleMania no, uh, no. type of match here. As we see, you know, Cornette laid out because of Luger. Fuji laid out because of Luger. Luger's got the cover, and the referee is not going down for the count. This was a this was rather strange. He disqualified Luger for getting. Fuji and Cornette involved, and I thought that was stupid. We'll see here. He's not going to make the cover, and here he is. He's ready. He's signaling for the bell. Yep, right there. Match over. Yeah, this was a funny finish, but then again, it was you know this wasn't the the big storyline. It was the to get Yoko to Brett. Yeah. And like I said, they should have. Um, if they went this route, it would have made sense if we would have had a big blowout between them two. And like we said, you can't even remember if it was raw or not. Where they if um, they even had yeah, one exactly. Yeah, you know, I'll have to go back and do some research. Maybe but I this done also would have been, you know, okay, uh, Vince saying, all right, you know, Luger, you're you, you're not working out. You know, here, here's your storyline. Go away. Yeah, I don't know. I mean. They kind of they, they kind of determined before this that he was he wasn't working out, but they still had to do something with him. So yeah. Um. There, you ever heard the, you ever heard the story? And it's a rumor. I don't know if there's any truth to this that Luger got drunk in a bar like two nights before and told WrestleMania. Yeah, told a, a, a reporter for the New York post or the New York Daily News that he was going to win the title and then it caught wind and they had I to change the finish. Like that. That's a that's a, like was a, that was that for this or was that was that for that summer No, it was for this. Okay. Yeah, there's like an urban legend that like that took place. Luger's denied it and I I think I even heard Pritchard deny it as well. Um but you know how many rumors there are. Oh yeah. But I don't honestly I judging by the way they told the story with Brett, I can't see Brett going through all that and not getting 
his payback and becoming the champion. You know, he gets cheated at WrestleMania. He wins the King of the Ring. He goes through all that crap with Jerry Lawler for like six or seven months after that. Um, then he he ties the Royal Rumble with Lex Luger. His brother turns on him. He goes through all that stuff. You think the that Bret Hart's not going to get the happy ending? Like, oh yeah, yeah, I agree. You know what I mean? So we see Luger and uh, well, Luger you, if you see perfect, Luger... really sticking it to each other. Yeah. So it, 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 to me, at least, it makes all the sense in the world that Bret, you know, that Luger didn't win this match. Now, yeah, you know, yep. You see how like if you look at Luger's career in, in WWF and then in WCW, it just seems like in WCW he he was. Uh, he had more of a chance to do whatever he wanted to do. He was, WWE, he was treated as a bigger deal. Yeah, and yeah. WWE he wasn't, and that's why he he must have he, he when he wasn't and he wasn't he didn't get to do what he wanted to do. He wanted out. He wanted to go back to where he could do what he wants to do. Yeah. You know, if okay, let's say you know you, you we go back to WCW. He was a a face early on in the um when NWO became big, but he was still feuding with the with Hogan or whoever, and then you no know, boom, he went into the. Uh, NWO red and black, so he was always head and center. Even when, uh, yeah, he was involved the, in some big stuff here. Speaking of uh, big stuff, we we cut to this highlight here of the blindfold match from WrestleMania Seven. Um, my opinion, uh, one of the more underrated gimmick matches, at least this one with 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 Martel and uh, yeah, I'd like to see that. Like you know, Jake who, the Snake who, Roberts. Who, who would? Who, I mean, he's he's gonna be gone soon, but who would have a good match with? I'm, you, you could throw out anybody there but Dean Ambrose in one of those matches. Yeah. Yeah, it's very possible. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not... T- I'll be honest with you. I'm not totally sold he's gone yet. Do you, you think this is all a work? I don't think it's all a work. But... I, I think we're gone from the I think we're, we're we're no longer living in the era where it could be like this big giant elaborate work like you know how sometimes stories similar to this in the past would turn out to be a work yeah. I don't think we live in that era anymore where it's like where, where they're they're orchestrating this big giant storyline for him to eventually stay with the company okay. I do think I've heard that they're gonna pitch and I they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna try and pitch him one more time to stay well, yeah, didn't they offer him like a five-year deal? With... Well, they offered him big money. He didn't really care for the money. I think the, the, I heard they're going to make one more big play for him. Um, big Adam Bomb. Adam Bomb. Grabbing I, the I, fink. I, I dug Adam Bomb. I like the gimmick. Yeah. Didn't uh, really care. I forgot for... Earthquake was part of this. Yeah, Earthquake would return briefly. Um, was it before he went and became the Shark? Yes, or the Avalanche. Was, oh, was he? Av- yes, yeah. yeah he yeah, he returned right. he as the avalanche in WCW as a part of Kevin Sullivan's Three Faces of Fear. Um, so how did he get from? He was still in. Oh, because it was before it was the Dungeon of Doom. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, they didn't. To- yeah, he came in. They didn't totally have the Dungeon of Doom figured out, and then someone came up with that great fucking idea. And you know, you ever see that? Um, when he was just John Tenta in uh, Japan, and he was wrestling some guy and. It was, the guy wasn't going along with it, and he grabbed the mic, and he was like, "Wrestling's fake or something." And I he heard tried, something. He tried about to pull out um, Earthquake's eye. I heard this something squash. about that. You know what I saw on Twitter recently? I saw on Twitter a video of Earthquake drop kicking. Really? Road Warrior Hawk in Japan. 
and like almost like knocking him through the ropes. Wow. Like that's how fast and hard he drop kicked. Um, yeah, another throwaway match for this WrestleMania here. Um, Earthquake. That was. I think this is more of a nostalgia thing, you know. For Earthquake, yeah. yeah. I mean, they were. T- this was 1994. They were trying to um, get as many names on the card as they could to celebrate this 10th anniversary. Yeah. Um, because a name like Hulk Hogan was no longer a part of the no, no longer part of the company at the because time. Because this is the first WrestleMania without him, right? This is the first WrestleMania without Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Um, you know, and. and even though it's the first one without him, this is still a pretty memorable yeah, WrestleMania. I, mean, yeah. I think they did fine without him. Um, and it's be, I, I mean, again, I'd say it's because of, uh, you know, Brett's worth it. Yeah. Ethic, you know? Yeah. The, the storyline with him and Owen, then eventually his chase to the title. Yeah. You know, it was definitely something that was uh, appealing to a lot of fans. You know what I used to look about back in the day was when they used to have like these, these locker rooms. The, those are, that's a set right there. That's okay. not a real locker room. Yep. So when they used to have those like locker rooms, if you ever notice some of the old uh, pay-per-views on WWE Network, especially WWF pay-per-views, um, you'll see the locker rooms all look the same with like the same color lockers, like yeah. you know, like the blue or the pink lockers, yep, yep. and the backgrounds the same. Those used to be like backdrops that they created, um, that they used to do like a lot of pre-tapes and stuff. This was one of them here. Um, Nowadays, no, it's so yeah. fucking condensed. with a, um, a fake tree in it. What's that? Like at the backstage area, you see it's, it's a room with a, a couch. And Someone's a, a, office, yeah. Yeah, like a desk and a um, fake plant. Or like, for instance, like somebody, like it'll be like, let's say like the Shield's locker room. And you'll see like, you know, there's three members of the Shield. But every locker, there's like 30 lockers in the whole locker room. And yeah. there's like all different Shield t-shirts hanging from it. Like, how many fucking t-shirts do you have, dude? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that doesn't make sense, you know? And you're going to wear your t-shirts, all your t-shirts? Like, come on. There's three of you in 15 lockers. There's no way you're hanging up all your, like, one shirt hanging from each locker. It's like they got to, like, plug the merchandise. It's so fucking stupid, but. Yoko with his mean face. Yeah, he was Bunta! scary. Yeah, he was scary looking for sure. Um, look into those eyes. There you go. Um, yeah, Yokozuna, man, very underrated. Someone who, like, I, I, I'll go on. We said it before. He's another guy that I wish probably could have stuck around. Like he, to me, was like yeah. the new generation Andre the Giant. Yeah, you know, the big man, like yep. someone that people looked at. Like, I mean, I always, um, if I think about it, actually, I, he was. I hated him. And that's good. Yeah, you know, he was a good then, bad guy. Yeah, yeah, great bad guy. It didn't help. It didn't. And if he would have stuck around and you know got rid of that that uh, Japanese gimmick, and you know nowadays if he was able to be around, you know he's he's part of though that that big big family tree. Yeah. Did you ever hear the rumor that he was still employed with WWF in 1997 when they did the USA Canada storyline? They were gonna put him in the Hart Foundation with Brett and Bulldog and Owen and I would have liked it. Like he would have been like yeah. the big monster of the group here. Uh, I would have I would have gone with it. WrestleMania eight from the Hoosier Dome. We kind of talked about this recently on our uh uh, Mania Game Changers episode. They felt like that WrestleMania was destined to be one of the best of all time. And it's still a good WrestleMania, but Imagine if it was headlined with Hogan and Flair instead of Hogan and Sid. Yeah. The dream match well, for the Well, don't get title. me wrong. I did enjoy uh, Macho and uh, Flair. But, oh, I enjoyed it too. But we absolutely. always should have had a 
mania, uh, mania event with uh, Hogan and Flair. Yeah, like I, I couldn't agree with you more. But a match that has um, definitely made it through the highlight reels of WrestleMania history. Um, a match that you probably talk to, you know, ten wrestling fans, and nine out of you know nine out of ten will probably recall this match as being one of their favorites of all time this is the latter match for the world wrestling federation intercontinental championship as we will see Shawn michaels making his way momentarily to the ringside area with big daddy cool diesel taking on the bad guy razor ramon chico hey yo hey yo um and a lot of people believe this was the first ladder match it was not no, it was not. Um, the first match, well, there was ladder matches for long. Oh, in Calgary. Yeah. Yeah. But the first ladder match in WWE was Sean and Brett. Yep. On a house show. No, it was a actually, Coliseum video. Yeah, Coliseum video, yeah. Yep. Um, which you can find in the, um, they have a Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels rivalry uh, collection on WWE Network. And it's like matches that they were involved in. There's even some pretty good tag team matches like the Hart Foundation and the Rockers. Oh yeah, it's a really they, good collection. Yeah, um, there was they had one... great chemistry. You know, every time they every time they wrestled, no matter what, if they even if they were good, if they were good outside of wrestling or not, no matter what, they had great oh, chemistry. No, they knew, and they they were knew always... when to make sure, like that you know, they business was business. Yeah, nope. they checked that bullshit at the door. Like you know, even when they didn't like each other going into that match in Montreal, they didn't like the match in Montreal before the screw job. They didn't, you know, they didn't take liberties with each other. But to they, be honest, I think that there is n- from wrestling from. To start till to this day, there is no two people who had that perfect chemistry. Um. Well, I um. There has been good people. I'm just saying the the matches that they've had. Like you've watched, you could watch a lot of people wrestle over and over again. And you're bored. Back then, you could watch Brett and Sean for the hundredth time, and it was amazing. That's what I'm trying to get. During at. this time period, yes, but I think there were other combinations of guys that had that same kind of chemistry. And that same kind of vibe, like you go Flair back, and, Flair and Steamboat. Yes, yeah. You go back and you watch that trilogy in 1989. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like one of one of my favorite matches of all time is when Steamboat beat Flair for the NWA title at the Chi Town Rumble in mm-hmm. 1989. It was unbelievable the the storytelling. But you're right, yeah. Brett and Sean during that era, nobody could touch them. Yes. Nobody could touch them. If anyone was coming close, it was probably someone like Razor Ramon. Oh, yeah. yeah. As we see the bad guy making his way into the ring, um, not crotching it, the, 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 the second rope with his butt cheeks like Brett does, <laughs> according to our friend over here. Um, but, yeah, this would, be the fir- this would be the first, well, I should say the second televised ladder match in WWF history. But I think the ladder match concept was created in Calgary. Yeah. With like Brett and Dynamite, I mm-hmm. think they had some matches there. Um, I remember seeing one with Junkyard Dog. Junkyard Dog, yep. yeah. Um, and it was weird too, like the ladder. Well, Brett was it the was one. an old painter's ladder, so yeah. they had to like hook it up to the top of the ceiling yep. of the building. Yep. <laughs> I guess Brett for a while had um, pitched it to uh, to Vince to I remember try to hearing get that. Yeah. yeah. I remember. I do remember hearing that. There was a rumor I heard. Um, this was right around the time of the um, the screw job. The rumor I heard was was that 
if Brett was going to stay, it was going to be past Survivor Series, and the, the rivalry with him and Sean was going to lead to like a big match at like the Royal Rumble. Um, and one of the ideas thrown around was Sean and Brett for the title in a ladder match at the at the 1998 Royal Rumble. Okay. And then the idea was the other idea was for Brett to then go on to WrestleMania that year to face Austin. Austin would still win and, and take the belt, but it would be yeah. over Brett. Yeah. And it would be like the rematch from the year before, but this time Austin wins the title. Yeah. And I think that's when Brett would have kind of given his swan song here. Um but Matt, yeah, I mean, I, again, you know, I would have, I, I hated Brett going to WCW. Never used him right. He just, that was pretty much the end of his career. Was that 1997 um, screw job match? Yeah, know? yeah. But enough with that. This let's talk about. Yeah, this, this great is a classic. Match. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we we can't talk over this for sure. Um, again, we're like going back to um, one of our earlier uh, podcasts. Um, Razor just. He always, he, I mean, him having, he, he's had that Intercontinental title, tag team titles. Um, did he have the U.S. title in WCW? He did briefly. He did. Just never having that world heavyweight title is a shame. You know what? It's I've talked about it um, on, on recent podcasts, and I've always wondered why Razor um, didn't fit into the main, the, the heavyweight title picture. I know, like... Looking back on it, he was that good that like they felt like they he needed didn't need to, it. They need well, he didn't need the title, but the, he was also better suited to work in the mid card to help guys like Diesel, for instance, yeah. who would later win the Intercontinental title from him in nineteen in the summer of nineteen ninety four. Yeah. Um, did you see something? Did you see something? Yeah, referee saw something. With- and see, this, this is the, the first starting time. of the click right here. Yeah, and this is the first time where the referee actually took the advice of the audience, and and when the audience said like, "Yeah, he did do something," get but out of here. All the other eighty nine times before, the audience tries to tell the referee that someone cheated or someone put their foot on the rope. The referee don't want to listen to him, but this one time, the referee's going to listen to these people and kick Diesel out. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> For real, but um getting back to what I was saying, I think they wanted Razor in a position where he was going to help elevate guys to get to the heavyweight title. He was going to kind of have the Jake the Snake role. Yeah. Where Jake That's the Snake dope. was helping yeah, those guys that... get to the main event. Um, not that Razor wasn't good enough to do it. They just felt he was better suited yeah. for that role. But even as a kid, I always used to be like, man, he's so good. He doesn't need the Intercontinental belt anymore. He's won it four times. Mm-hmm. Why don't you put him in the main event? Like, I'll be honest with you, when Sean won in 96, before I ever knew that Razor and Diesel were going to WCW, I was hoping we would see a rematch with Sean and Razor in a ladder match for the WWF title. Oh, yeah. As like the trilogy of their ladder matches. They both trade victories with the Intercontinental title and the two ladder matches. Then you have the third one for the heavyweight title. Do you remember in that Survivor Series when they uh, um, both got tagged in and they they, they walked in the middle of the ring and they both look up? Razor's pointing up, like, do you know what to do without the ladder? Since they, the few times that they wrestled, they were always having a ladder match. Oh, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um the I, the Teamsters versus, I don't know, I forget. The bad guys, yeah. the Teamsters from 94? Yeah, so it was yeah. later this year. Okay. Um, yeah, this match here, um, 
a lot of people a lot of people give you know obviously Sean gets the lion's share of the credit here because of all the crazy spots he did but um you know it wouldn't it, it wouldn't have been a great match without without Razor as well you know the beating he took with the ladder like this stuff was like the violence level was like yeah, it's uh, it's hard because you guys watch this now and you're like, well, this didn't. Don't, you guys all think about the um, the TLC with the Hardys and everything. I mean, they took it to a, a different level, but this back then was amazing. And this to me, like, felt with the when it came to a ladder match, it felt like they were really trying to climb the ladder and get the prize. Whereas the TLC matches and even some of the ladder matches to this day are, you know, all about let's climb up and grab. You know, let, let's climb up the ladder only for us to fall down. You know what I mean? And it leads to the next guy grabbing the ladder to climb up only to get knocked down. You know what I mean? I don't feel like there's enough struggle with the ladder as opposed to it's every spot is designed and set up for a guy to get knocked off. And yeah. then the next guy who's available has to climb up and exactly. do it again. Whereas these two are using it. They were using it as a weapon, but yep. they were also using it to like, they were really, it looked like they were really trying to fight and exactly. climb up that ladder. Yep. Nowadays, okay. it's just a big giant spot yeah. fest. Who's going to jump off this yep. ladder? To, you know what I mean? Like, I know. It's exciting. That's why I wish, you know, now it's more of a, uh, okay, it's a it's a pay-per-view name or it's, um, it, it's it's a match for uh, money in the bank. Yeah, I miss the old. Okay, let's you know you, you got a feud going on where okay now it's you know just one on one is getting out of there. That you know it's this one's getting disqualified. This one's interfering. Um, use that ladder match. You know, have a ladder match on Raw. To be a have it on, off, yeah, yeah, to have it on a paper. And that that is the problem with a lot of matches because they used all of their special matches as either pay-per-views the themes or yeah theme. like if they got rid of hell in the cell yeah. and made it like... even elimination chamber oh well elimination chamber we could do like once a year that that yeah. makes sense but the hell in a cell uh regular like if we could bring back the original steel cage with the blue oh the blue the bars yeah. yeah i love the blue yep. bars yeah that was one of my favorites you know it's when i went to um wrestlemania fan access in new orleans in yep. 2014 they had, had the like they had a part of the blue cage in like a display area yep. and they had like one of those like um not like a velvet rope or maybe it was like a velvet rope like like cordoning it off so you know i'm a tall guy so i was like oh my god that's a piece of the blue cage i so gotta touch the touch blue it. cage and i managed to touch the blue nice. cage and i was like awesome. uh, yeah i marked out like a motherfucker it was, it was it was cool as shit but i think i have a picture on my facebook i gotta find it somewhere but it's like a picture of like hogan and then the cage is in front of this like picture of hogan and some other like memorabilia and artifacts like yep. i'm telling you man one of these one of these years when you know we we, we grow up and get real jobs that make us, <laughs> that, that, that that make us some solid money yep. we're gonna go to a wrestlemania together and i'm gonna walk you through like a fan access yeah, you, yeah. You, i'm telling you man you and the kids would have a lot of fun like i know nikki wants to do it like it'll be a lot of fun but yeah, it's just looking it. all the nostalgia like yeah. stuff we grew up on um i'm sure that like probably this ladder um is there not Shawn michaels ass cheeks they're just hanging out right there elbow drop off the top of that ladder by when i was kid. when i was looking down i have as a toy i bought um a Shawn michaels uh one of the newer um 
uh, toys that they come out the with. The Mattel ones. Mattel yeah. ones. And it came with that ladder. That's why I was looking. But it's the blue right there. The blue, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, I don't know why they, they came that's with the ladder, Slam but then it came. That, yeah. But that's SummerSlam 95. Okay. So, that, that, okay. that toy is the SummerSlam 95 yep. with the blue uh, tights. Gotcha. Yeah. That makes sense, then. And this is the first time Shawn Michaels wore the hearts on his tights, too, was this pay-per-view. Because he used to just have, like, the... The, the the yeah the yeah. little design there but yeah. like it wasn't like there were like funny different shapes and stuff but um obviously this is the match that really put him on the map in a singles role this right here was that. yeah picture perfect highlight yeah. reel right there you see that in a lot of the wrestlemania highlight reels the splash there's pictures um those of you that click the link to listen to this show um on our facebook and twitter pages um i like to you know give you guys a little preview of what you're going to listen to and eventually watch on, on when we do these watch alongs with the little collages. And I, uh, I believe Sean, uh, jumping off the top of that ladder there and delivering that splash to razor as a part of that little, uh, you know, collage advertisement, if you will, of this week's episode. Um, yeah, the, the, the spots case people don't know. Do you, um, you want to tell them reason that there's two uh, intercontinental titles? Yeah, well, you know, for those that are keeping score, um, the reason why there are two intercontinental championships, uh, Shawn Michaels was the intercontinental champion towards the end of 1993, and he was suspended uh, for 90 days for violating the WWE's drug policy at the time. They said he had tested positive for steroids. Um, which is kind of shocking considering he's not a big body guy. But anyhow, um, he was pissed off because he was like, there's no way I don't take that stuff. Um, maybe it was in something that I took, but I wasn't aware. And so they had to suspend him and they said, well, you can send the belt back. And he was like, well, I'm going to keep the belt. You can kind of stick it up your ass, yep. so to speak. So he kept the belt and then they did a tournament where they had a battle royal. Um, on an edition of Monday Night Raw in 1993 where Rick Martel, the model, and Razor Ramon were the last two guys left standing. They would go on the following week to have a singles match to determine the undisputed Intercontinental Champion. Razor would win, and then not too long after that, Sean would come back, and then they did the idea where Sean claimed to be the real Intercontinental Champion. He's got the belt. Ra Razor's got the imposter belt, according to him, and mm -hmm. the rest is history. We're off, and we are with the, we are here with this ladder match, um, this, this groundbreaking so match. Crown the undisputed Intercontinental title. Yeah, and this was the this was the the ladder match here that. I know that Brett and Sean from that Coliseum video in 92 was the first ladder match, but this was like the blueprint in a way for what we see today with the current ladder matches and all those TLC matches in yep. years prior. With all I the mean, after this match, we had the, they had their rematch for the, um, in the, uh, for the IC title with the um, ladder match. But after that, I mean, until, uh, was it 98 Rock and, um, Triple H? Triple H? Yeah. Yeah. It was a long stretch of like where there was where you know gimmick matches were few and far between. Now there's a gimmick match on every pay per view, yeah. <laughs> every month or close to it. But uh, yeah, ladder matches were one of those like it was kind of like what it was a treat. Back yeah, then. it was kind of like what steel cage matches were. Yeah, and then once they created Hell in the Cell, steel cage matches to me were like like I don't know they they it it was like. 
obviously the Hell, in the, Hell in the Cell is an upgraded version of a steel cage match, but, the, but there's they two, treated there's, the steel cage matches like guys were wrestling in the fucking ball pit at Chuck E. Cheese. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because they were trying to amp the violence factor in, yep, the, in yep. the Hell in the Cell matches. With these ladder matches, you didn't have that. The, the TLCs amped it up a little bit when you got the tables and the chairs involved with the ladders, and you mixed that stuff, and depending on who was in there, um, how those matches were constructed. But ladder matches universally never really were downgraded like a cage match was when Hell in the Cell came into play. Um, and now you got the, the I mean, compared to the ladder matches or well, TLC matches, because you really, I don't think but there's not really a ladder match anymore. Or on the TLC pay-per-views, they do have like, one's a ladder match, one's a chairs match, one's a tables yeah. match. Which is just, I don't want to get into it. But if you look at this ladder, it was a lot smaller than the ladders that they have now. But no, then again, they're not doing huge spots. It's just, okay, let's he's going to climb up. They're going to grab his leg. This one's going to climb up. He's going to grab, oh, let me push this over. Where if you watch this, they add, like as Dave said, they, they're using the ladder as a weapon. They're using it you know against each other. It made more sense. you know Stuff's gotten like a little bit ridiculous nowadays yeah just a little bit but i mean it's still it's still fun to watch a little car crash here yeah as we see michael's uh another leaping from the top rope another memorable spot here where he double axe handles razor but the ladder nails on top of you know he manages to what i liked a little bit earlier when we were talking the um the camera view they have it um all the way on the top facing down in the ring so when they're both laid out this there you go Mm-hmm. Yep. I yep. like that that view. Yeah, I used to like when they would do when eventually, like later later on um, in the late '90s, when they would do the uh, the the double feature, and they would have that camera, for, especially for the ladder matches. They yeah. would have that camera shot, um, and they would replay like a guy getting thrown off, like this spot here. Yeah. They would replay the guy getting tossed off the ladder while you had the action going on. Like that camera spot was. was well, now there's so many people because you you really don't have a one on one ladder match. So no, you so get many like eight or ten in. guys in them. Yeah. yeah, it just becomes like a car wreck. Um. This was this was rather interesting. Ooh, Jesus. Yeah, he wasn't that. The, <laughs> that wasn't supposed to happen. The ladder falling. No. Oh God, no. Well, I know he wasn't going to go and grab the title at this moment then and there, but that ladder looks pretty bent up yep. there. Like you, you know see. what I wonder too. You know how they're you know nowadays when you have a ladder match, there's 16 billion ladders under the ring. Yeah. What happens if this ladder broke? Was there in the backup ladder? Yeah, I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I've, I've uh, you know, I, I you you know me. I watch a lot of wrestling. Yeah. I'm surprised I'm still married. I watch, <laughs> I watch that much wrestling. And uh, I was watching um, the Scott Hall documentary, and they were talking about the stuff with him and uh, him and Sean, and they were doing these ladder matches on the house shows with like one la- there was no there wasn't multiple ladders there was one ladder that thing got bent and beat up and they were using like, oh, so the they same did testies on like house they shows. did test the, okay. they did they did test out ladder matches on house shows um yeah they were they and they were doing them in, in you know in front of much smaller crowds at that time because business was not booming but mm-hmm. yeah the um 
the, the the ladders weren't as constructed as the one like in the ring here currently. It was like almost like a smaller painter's ladder. Yeah. Um, actually, I do have a picture on my phone. Would it be like the one that we used in JWA? <laughs> yeah, probably. No, you're 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 definitely right there. It'd probably be one of those that we that similar to what we used Did to use. Did you hear that um when um Razor first came to WWE, his um gimmick was supposed to be like a type of Sergeant Slaughter type of gimmick. Yeah, yeah. I did hear that that he kind of, and he didn't really like it. Like what he picked, he was like, "Hey, I like this movie called uh, Scarface," and that's how the Razor gimmick came from. Yeah, um, yeah. I, the story I've heard, I actually went to a, a Q and A session with him, and uh, you won't see this nowadays. Pile driver. Oh yeah, pile drivers. Yeah, pile driver. At least in WWE, he won't see a pile driver. The guys in New Japan, they drop each other on their fucking oh, head yeah. all the time. Yeah. And all and all the all the virgins online that that have access to the internet think it's the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, all, all all the people who have never slept with a woman before that live in their mother's basement, um, as, cl- as 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 cliche as that sounds, um, yeah, you don't see a pile driver at least in WWE. Too. Yep, the old seesaw spot right there. Um, Michael's. Uh, and he and he flowed into it very nicely. If you take a look there, and you just see like the, uh, yep, right there. And he rolled over, and oh man. I know what you know. A lot. Of, we're watching wrestling. We know what wrestling is, but you got to remember it's, it's to ha- actually like, early on when you know they were first introducing these, these matches in. It was very hard for them to actually be able to have a match and protect each other with a something like that in the middle of it you know you got a, a steal is unforgiving you know we've heard that plenty of times with uh yeah it's very cliche when yeah. they say unforgiving steal this was a uh yeah the whole oh la- uh, uh, yeah that was the other thing that, that i remembered watching this match too they they emphasized like you know bad luck under the ladder and he yeah puts, he puts yep. the ladder over razor and razor's under the ladder um, well i think the second one doesn't he walk when it was on um, when he, yes. he in his entrance he yeah. walked under the ladder. one he or walked the ladder he walked under the, the ladder, ladder. <laughs> here we see right here boom and he gets tangled up in the foot oh, right that, there. That's vintage. Um, Sean always uh, going uh, balls first into ropes. Yeah, because his balls didn't get enough action on a nightly basis. I'm sure, <laughs> with all the all the the pieces of ass he was he was nailing during his time period. I'm sure. He had a lot of fun in the sun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the sun. Wink, wink, wink. Do you? I uh, actually no fuck it I'll tell the story. <laughs> Here we go. I saw on Facebook recently. Uh, oh, he tangled up again. And raise and look at this. He yanks those belts on. They barely come. He practically broke that ring. As the history has been made, Razor Ramon is your undisputed Intercontinental Champion in this ladder match. Place going wild. The crowd, as Pat Patterson would say, is going banana. Um. So I saw on Facebook recently that uh, uh, Sunny posted on her Facebook page that she was looking for um, a hot guy for a revenge bang, and she in, in like the Bethlehem, Pennsylvania area, because I don't know if she was doing a show and or an appearance or something, but um, she wanted pictures, and she said, "You better be hot, otherwise I'm not going to respond back to you" or something like that. <laughs> 
<laughs> I saw it on Facebook. Someone like screenshotted it and posted it on like one of those like wrestling chat groups, yep. and I was like, man. And then you've heard the story about how she banged Dolph Ziggler, right? Oh, uh, like, yes. They, they like they fucked each other for like seven hours or something. I didn't she, know like, about seven a... hours, but I heard about the Dolph Ziggler thing. Yeah. yeah so there's and... it, this is a classic uh, picture right here. The two belts. Yep. Razor on top of the ladder. WrestleMania highlight reel right there. Chico, the bad guy, man. I got the intercontinental belt. I got all the gold. If something happened to this gold, something going to happen to, to you. you. That's right, man. And this is, we mentioned it earlier, this uh, this 10-man tag that was supposed to take place with Jeff Jarrett, you see there, IRS, the Head Shrinkers, and the model Rick Martel. They were supposed to wrestle Tatanka, the one, two, three kid, the Smoking Guns, and, and, that's, uh, and Bob that, Holly. That's Afa, right? Afa, yeah, the Roman. Wild Samoan. Um, no, yeah. Yeah, one half of the Wild Samoans. That, unfortunately, the match was cut due to time restraints, and um, I don't think anyone really cared. Nobody was missing out on yeah. uh, on seeing that 10-man tag. It was just kind of like... They, a, did they still get their uh, payday? I don't know. Million-dollar Spe- man. Speaking of paydays, million-dollar man Ted DiBiase. That dollar bill hanging over the TV, that's signed by him, right? Yes, it is. I think, yeah. I get, um, That's a funny story, Um. So for I went to WrestleMania 11 and uh, they came to the XL Center back when it was a mall and there was a Million Dollar Man, Undertaker, Brett and Shawn, Shawn Michaels and Brett. I was there that day too. So we um uh, I went with my father and we all went. You know I pretty much got all the signatures, but there would I'd wait in one line. My father would wait in the other. Um, I actually waited in the line. I was in the line for Shawn Michaels. My father was in the line for Brett. And I got Sean's autograph. My father got Brett's. So knowing that I'm a huge Brett Hart fan, it was um, kind of funny. But I ended up going to um, to uh, to get the autograph from Ted DiBiase, Million Dollar Man. Yep. And it was just a regular, you know, autograph with his picture or whatnot. And I asked my father for a dollar when we were in line. And I gave, I asked him, just a little uh, 10, uh, 11 year old kid. I give him the dollar. He looks at me, laughs, smiles, signs it, and gives it to me. He's like, here you go, kid. I was in that. Yeah, so my parents took all four of us boys to that. And, uh, you know, uh, my brother Zach and I, we were in line to meet the Million Dollar Man. And my mother took us for that. And my dad took Justin and Daryl to meet Brett because Sean was – Sean's line was way too long, and they cut the line off. Yeah. And I remember I wanted to meet Sean, but they wouldn't let me. Um, and then I don't even remember if I had a choice if I wanted to meet Brett or not. Well, Brett, the thing is, Brett's line wasn't there. And then all of a sudden, Brett's, lights, Brett's line opened. And then my father was like, well, I'll go wait. By the time you get Sean's, then I'll you come over here. I'm like, okay. And then Brett's line, somehow he got in there first. And then there's like my father went, and he just said, he was like, well, my son's in another line. Just say this is um, to, to Jamie from Brett. And oh, that's okay. why it says to Jamie from Brett. Okay. All right. Yeah, my brothers met Brett. They got his signature. And then uh, we got a dollar bill signed. I had, like, one of the trading cards of DiBiase. He signed that, too. Yep, and... I got Sean to sign a, um, his uh, gold uh, trading card. Okay. Yep. Yeah. 
Very cool. This highlight package here, highlighting Bret Hart, obviously, uh, you know, heading into the main event of this WrestleMania as he goes to square off with the mighty Yokozuna, who is still the World Wrestling Federation champion. Um, yeah, there you see Bret making flare tap as he won, won his, his first, first title. First title, yeah. Which wasn't even on the house like, show. Yeah, it was like a, a, a live event that was like done like yep. at the last minute. And then uh, Flair was like at like a hundred and something temperature or something. He like was that. sick or sick. something like yeah. that. Yeah, they had to drop the belt to him, you know, and they 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 gave it a Brett, which was like very. I remember as a kid, it was very out of the blue. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't expect it or see it coming. It was like one of those like whoa. Like holy cow, really, Brett, the champion? Holy cow! Like you knew there well, was, he like, was some major change going on when they put the belt on him. Yeah, well, well at that time, Brett was the the intercontinental. He was a workhorse, so he was at that you know that level always. Yeah. Where he was back then. That's you know that's how you knew if you know, whoever was the intercontinental was either working their whole way up to become the the next uh, heavyweight fighter. Yeah, you know, same with back where you had uh, Austin and Rock. Yep, Triple H. Yeah, that's right. All of them. Yeah, those guys ran through their their uh, their times. Now that uh, you know, that's why a lot of people complain about the, the Intercontinental title. If it's not what it used to be, because you it's either pass around or you, you. What I don't like is you go, you win the heavyweight title, and then next year you're their Intercontinental title. Do you remember Brett? They they tried to do that, with Brett, and Brett was like, no. No. Hey, so, they, so Brett won the heavyweight title. They tried to put him back in the Intercontinental division. Yeah, I, I don't really about remember that. that. He, he um. He was like, no, that's I stepped down. I'm, no, I'm not really. Yeah, I never heard that. That's interesting. Yoko, did you see like how he used to just he'd kill the um, yeah those? <laughs> I wonder how much jobbers got paid to take that because I mean that's not I mean yeah you cave in some of them dangerous to begin with but yeah, yeah exactly like he could collapse a lung or didn't he sit in somebody's head at one time and I've seen a few of those where he dropped the bonsai and like he, like. The inner thigh, maybe Yoko's nutsack probably hit the guy in the face, you know? Yeah. Burt Reynolds with Beverly Hills 90210's Jenny Garth. And there's Pat Patterson making sure nobody touches her. Maybe oh. meaning nobody touches uh, Burt. Burt, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, Burt, uh, you maybe like to come back and, uh, you know, you, you're smoking the cigarette with me, you know? And then maybe have a drink and we, we, we talk about the banana. <laughs> And and my friend Shawn Michael, he, he gave me a tear in his eye when he had that ladder match. It made me cry like a baby. Burt Reynolds, as your guest ring announcer for this main event, um, I always you, you knew it was a big deal when they brought the celebrities in to do stuff with for WrestleMania. I used to always dig that. I wish they they they've had celebrity involvement, you know, sporadically over the last few years in WrestleMania. But I wish they kind of did that again with like uh, the celebrity yeah. timekeeper, the celebrity ring announcer. You know what I mean? No, like, I I do get it. I got mixed emotions with that because I'd rather if the thing is that they don't do that anymore because of the the problems they had with uh, the guest host of uh, Raw. Yeah, so many people who were just there that. for a payday and didn't yeah. know a lick of wrestling. Al Sharpton. Yeah. You had um this guy um to, uh this Sunday at Summerfest. I was at that raw Jeremy Piven yeah. from uh, Entourage. Yeah. Now, if you don't know about wrestling or you don't know what you're talking about, he made up don't. for it when he jumped off the top rope and did the yeah. crossbody. He did a better crossbody than some guys who've <laughs> been in the ring longer yeah. than than him. So, but then we did have some great hosts. You had Bob Barker, Shaq, Shaq. Yeah. 
Speaking of, uh, it was Piper was a guest host for Raw as yep. he's making his he's way. The special guest referee. Yeah, and special guest referee for this match here. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, they, they they pulled out all the stops for for this WrestleMania when it came to like really trying to to to, to celebrate the ten year anniversary of being in the Garden. Piper being in the first WrestleMania. Um, all right, let me get let me get your opinion. Who was who sold the first WrestleMania? I mean, who who is the real who is the real driving force that sold that first WrestleMania? Was it Roddy Piper? Was it Hulk Hogan? Who do you think like who do you think was the biggest draw for that first WrestleMania? Hogan. Hogan? I mean, yeah, I'd say Hogan. I mean uh how what year was uh Rocky two? Three, three, Rocky three. It was before that WrestleMania. Yeah, so I want to I say mean, it was in eighty three. Yeah, so maybe eighty two, eighty three, and all, WrestleMania one was eighty five. Yeah, so I'd say all Hogan and non wrestling fans um, who are big Rocky fans. Yep, Mr. T, Mr. T and Hogan. See, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna go Muhammad, out on a limb. even Muhammad Ali. I'm gonna go out on a limb here. And uh, I, you say Piper? I, I I talked about this on the on uh, last week's WrestleMania MVPs Part One. Um, I think Mr. T was the main draw for that WrestleMania because yeah. Mr. T was such a popular name at that time, yeah. and he was this. Was know, the A team already out? The A team was yeah. already out back then. He was he was very popular, and the I think the the mystery behind what he was gonna do in the ring and him getting his hands on Piper was the big draw. Everyone's yeah. seen Hogan and Piper wrestle before, yep. but to me, I felt like the draw was well, what's Mister T gonna do? Because he's not a proven commodity. You've seen Hogan, you've seen Piper, you've seen Paul Orndorff, but you never saw Mr. T wrestle. What's T going to do? And all the things that Piper was doing to him in the months and the, the, the weeks leading up to WrestleMania, I feel like Mr. T was the real draw of that event. That's just me personally. A lot of people may look at me and, and say you're an idiot, and that's fine because you're a fucking idiot too. <laughs> but oh no, no, I agree. That's why like, no, I had said you. I'm just talking about no, 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 no. I know what you mean, but that's why I was asking you. I was like just verifying the dates and stuff. If it was right when um, Rocky Three came out, because I'm sure that was the biggest movie on the planet then, and you had Hogan in the movie, you had Mr. T in the movie, and now you had them both main event in WrestleMania. Yeah. As we see the hitman selling Limping. the knee from earlier in the evening against Owen, set to challenge the mighty Yokozuna for the WWF he Championship being here. Even before the bell rings, I think Piper's ringing the bell. He's shoving yep. Burt Reynolds out of the ring. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I. Now I had heard that there was um, a lot more planned for this match, but halfway through, uh, Yoko was too winded, and Brett had to kind of um go out of plan um not saying that that's not true i've never heard that before um i would imagine that because um 
the story I heard was was that Michaels and Razor went over a few minutes too long in their match, like ten minutes over, mm-hmm. and Macho Man like ripped them a new asshole in the locker room because it cut out the time for. Oh yeah, I heard Macho was a big that, big uh, that ten man tag that got canceled. Yep. So I'm I'm imagining that if they cut that match, they had to shave some time off of this, and they couldn't do what they couldn't they couldn't do certain things in this match because of the time. That's what I'm just guessing. Um, but I've never heard um, that, you know, th- th- that story. Not saying it's not true. No, no, but, yeah. I'm, um, again, I'm, I'm just stuff. I, I, I say what I hear. It's yeah. Not, I'm not saying it's 100% so, um, true. Yeah, but Brett here. Uh, Did you you see how, how long the, uh, the rumble was? What's going on? Like, they just, now they can just do whatever they want and just. Which one? Yeah. The girls? Just no, I'm just saying the whole event. Oh yeah, it, like I, mean, I was expecting, like, because uh, I was down here watching it with the kids, and um, uh, you know, obviously being a Sunday night, and then uh, Monday's a school day. I'm like, Jesus, uh, you know, kids are watching this. They're it's really late. It was almost what twelve o'clock when it ended. Yeah, I I I went out to dinner that night with my family, and yep. so I had I came home. Um, and we were an hour behind and I watched it and it was one o'clock in the morning when I got oh, yeah. watching it. Yeah. Well, I mean, but I was also an hour behind too, but yeah, no, it, it, it dragged, uh, it, it dragged quite a while. Um, that's for sure. Cause I know now with uh, raw and SmackDown, um, they don't have that lean that they don't time. have that overrun yeah. like like they normally do yeah i mean raw is too long to begin with being three yeah. hours but yeah. now they end exactly at 11 o'clock um they and they only did that before because they used to have competition with wcw yeah um jim Cornette, the prince of polyester right there getting involved piper making sure he doesn't interfere in the match as yokozuna's working on the hitman oh that was a nice. Yeah, even from look at that big man just jump like that. Frog splash yep. there from from Yokozuna. Yeah, I enjoyed these two when they wrestled. Um, yeah, Brett. Uh, I'm again. Brett and Yoko were, were, were worked very well together. Yeah. Yoko, they played to his strengths as a big man, and Brett was always very good at being the sympathetic figure. So, taking a beating from Yoko, it told for a better story. Um, Honestly, have you ever seen Brett have a bad match with anybody? You could tell me. No, no, honestly, I, I can't. Re- no, honestly, I can't remember seeing him involved in a bad match. Um, I'll have to. Well, that's what. That's I'll what have I'm to just dig saying. I'm just saying he's. Yeah, he's not known for having. Yeah. Bad matches. That's he, why. Like I don't. I don't know if you watch like all these on uh, YouTube or not. Like the best champions of all time and then we'll go through every single uh, person who's ever held the, the heavyweight he's title he's always in that conversation he's, yeah, yeah. He's, he's in the top five all, all the time like, i just watched one the other day where it was top five um number one was bruno number two was brett i think number three was austin hogan wasn't even in the top five, three maybe. wow six that's crazy yeah interesting but i mean that's nowadays that, that nowadays nobody likes it's just i and i don't agree with it I do not agree with it, but nobody just from the stupid stuff that goes on. I don't want to get into politics, but there's just a lot of stuff. You People can't say certain things nowadays, and they get uh, disowned, which doesn't make sense. And you're referring to? Hogan, swear, uh, oh, using the uh, derogatory word. Yeah. I won't say. Yeah, no, please don't. 
<laughs> I still want to have a podcast. <laughs> Not that anyone's going to throw me off. No, the yeah, air, but, but still. You know. um, I, d- I don't think, personally, Hogan is a racist. People say stuff doesn't mean oh, what they are. Hot rod with a hot right to Jim Cornette in the jaw. Well, that's what makes it made him a perfect uh, ref. He's not going to. Yeah, he didn't take shit from nobody. And he didn't wear a referee shirt. He's got his Roddy Piper t-shirt on. Because he was a rebel. Fuji, another one of his uh, another one of his colleagues. A lot of people, too. Falling like, asleep um, at ringside. Don't like Ronda because they, they think he, like she stole his style. And, the, and the, a lot of people don't understand that she, before he passed. Um, people need to shut the fuck up. He pretty much was. I hate a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, trust me. When it comes to wrestling fans, like, I'm so glad oh, you we were, when we were growing up that there was no fucking Twitter. Yeah. Because I don't think I'd like wrestling if there was, like, a social media. Because be just honest, because yes. people are just so obnoxious with it. They they talk to the wrestlers, like, you know, on, on, or they interact with them on social media like they're, you know, like, like they're owed something. You to know be honest, I, mean? like, I think if you can't take a bump, shut the hell up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, but at the same time, though... But, you know, we're, we're two regular guys. It's no different than, um, you know, people that watch football that don't play or people that yeah. watch movies that have never written a movie or directed a movie having critique. Everybody's going to, yes. You know You're right. I mean? Everybody's going to Everyone's a critic something. in any walk of life, okay? But then there are those people that just kind of take it to a whole nother level yeah. and, 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 and go out of their way to be disrespectful and just obnoxious and stupid and make, you know, wrestling fans like mm-hmm. you and I and the listeners of this podcast giving us a bad name. Yep. Well, um, you said it yourself. It's those people that are living in their uh, mom's basement. They have nothing better to do. Yeah. I'm living in a basement. It's just mine, though. Yeah. As long, <laughs> hey, you can live in any, yeah. any basement you want. As yeah. long as it's yours. As long as it's for mine, it. yeah. I'm paying for it. But, uh... Yeah, certainly, Bret Hart is paying for this ass-whooping here with Yokozuna. Um... This to me, like this, this brings back fond memories of my childhood because I remember watching this event and just remember feeling something special was going to happen, even in this match. You know what I mean? When Piper's counting right there, I'm sure at 11 years old, I was like, Bret Hart is not fucking losing by a count out. Like that's not going to happen. Um, I probably wasn't cussing as much either. Like I am now, but (laughs) I hope um, no, I, I, I wasn't. I only I only cussed when it was necessary back in the day. Now I cuss all the time. I can't I can't fucking stop. <laughs> but I get I I the culmination of everything that the Bret Hart character went through from a, a year with like I said cheated at WrestleMania nine. His issues with Jerry Lawler, the controversial finish at the Royal Rumble, his brother turning on him. It was bound for him to come out with the happy ending and winning the championship. And like I said, I was not a Brett guy, but I was very sympathetic to what he was able, what he was going through his character. And it grew on me. And he, and and it, like I said, if there was a time period of wrestling that I probably would have stopped watching, it was probably late 93. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And because Brett was so good at what he did, I would stick around and watch. You know what I mean? But I would also hold that hope that someone like a Hulk Hogan would return. But that didn't happen. As we see Brett going for the cover. Yokozuna kicking out of two. Roddy Piper with an obnoxious looking two count. 
As Brett goes back up to the second rope, textbook hit, man, elbow drop to the jaw. I used to like that elbow drop. I thought that was pretty solid. Yeah, I always liked that. But, uh, so yeah, this is your first watch along. What do you think? You, you, you doing this with me? Oh, I, we, we've done talking. You I've, know, I've I mean, done talking. I, you know, I've told you plenty of times uh, off air that, um, I've been nervous about talking. I'm not the best talker. Um, sometimes I get stuck, but um, I, I really do enjoy this. I was a little worried, but um, I, I if I could, I'd, I'd do every watch along I can with you. Yeah, yeah. And do, I do enjoy it. It's very fun. I enjoy talking with you. I enjoy talking to the listeners, and um, I hope you enjoy listening to me. Well, I enjoy having you, buddy, and uh, you know, with this event... I, I wanted to make sure I had someone you had to, with um, me that, that, <laughs> a big Brett fan. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that had a bit, you know, that, that, that because this show, like you said, it's a focal point yes. of the show is Brett. So, yep. like, I wanted to get the perspective of someone who um, was a big Brett Hart guy back then and still is to this day, yep. and just see, you know. What it was like, you know, watching this at the oh, I like that counter yeah. right there. That was cool. I caught him in the air. His belly to belly yes. suplexes were fucking... with him being that big. You just thought you thought as soon as he he did the belly to belly, he was done. <laughs> yeah, you were exactly, done. Exactly. And if he was facing a jobber, he, oh, he would have been it. done. And then this move, yeah, I used to be because again back then wrestling e- equaled everything that was happening was real to me. So this yeah. right here, I was like, no, I. I would be in the um, right now in the screen getting ready to cry because I would think that you know Brett's going to be killed. I will you know, say he's a this. Big guy. I will say this. Back then I thought this, and now I think this. I feel like something else should have happened for Yoko to slip and fall. You know what I mean? I thought I always was like, no, it was Piper. He he lifted up the, um, yeah. the rope or something. But same no. with yeah. me. And the way he just fell, like here we go. Here's the finish. One, One two, two, three. three. New heavyweight champion of the world, Brett. The Hitman Heart. Yeah, I always remember watching this with my friend. And I jumped up. I always I was, was like, "What the heck happened?" I always. That's why I was saying, "I was like, was it Piper? Did Piper? Because you know, does Piper and Brett have a long history? Did he help him win a title? Well, did Piper also did Fuji Cornet earlier, so he wasn't exactly in the good graces of Yokozuna. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Piper yeah. kind of did yeah. whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted. So, now what do you think about? Um, so you know what happened here. You know what happened at twenty. You know what happened at thirty. So. It, at 40, is there going to be the technical showcase um, technical baby face winning? winning? Eh, it's a trend. I mean, I I don't think it's a foregone conclusion, but um, it's it's rather ironic. It's, it's, you know, it's funny that you say that. At 10, Brett here goes through two matches to win the championship. At 20, Benoit beats two guys in one match to win the championship. At 30, Daniel Bryan goes through two matches to beat three guys to win the championship. It's rather interesting how history plays out. Obviously not something that they planned, but um, I don't know. We got five years. And then look at the, you know, right here, the celebration after. 20, the celebration after. And... Well, yeah. WrestleMania and, always had standard pyro and and, and yeah. Confetti well, I mean, and what, like, like that. Pe- like you know, people coming out. 
for the, you know what I mean? So that's, uh, you know, good, good. Well, no, nobody came out for Daniel Bryan's. His, his own family came in. Oh, the his ring. sister jumped yep. in the ring with, yep. the, with his niece at the it's end. A little, yeah. It wasn't as big, but it was a little the original fin The original, it's funny you say that. The original finish at the end for that was supposed to be. Um, the child? Or? Um, no, the roster was supposed to come out and oh, like really? clap him on the stage and like kind of applaud him for winning. Yep. Um, but they they changed that at the last minute. Uh, I don't know what the reason was behind that. As we see, this is where this is where as a kid nowadays like, this would he would have turned on him and beat him up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he would have leveled him and then you know posed with the title, walk off and. But yeah, I thought this was cool. Yeah, you know, I thought this was cool, and I was kind of hoping maybe this will lead to the two of them wrestling each other eventually. But. Um, Again, yeah, he stood for. He was there for a whole another year. So yeah, Luger was there for quite a while, and then we see Razor Ramon, Roddy Piper, Tatanka, uh, Bob Holly, Spark, yeah, Spark Blood, One Two Three Kid, I believe. Yeah, Burt Reynolds. Yeah, this was cool. This was cool. This was like one of those moments, like as a kid, where it was like, all right, it was really worth it for him to go through all that to get yep. to this. Now they you put know? him on top of their shoulders. Yeah, the the the, the moment where they they celebrate and place is going crazy that that iconic moment where he where he gets on the shoulders i don't know what the fuck she was doing there she's probably gonna blow Bob, all the guys you know, later Pat, patterson like go in yeah, there Pat, you'll you'll give kisses yeah you'll go give, now yeah, you, i'll give the blowjob and then we'll have a blowjob contest you and me Rhonda. Rhonda. i wonder the, what what uh macho said to him in his ear congratulations you deserve it you know um but yeah this was cool like the baby faces coming in and um, gorilla, gorilla Monsoon, Vince, I think, jumps in at one point in the broadcast. Um, they go off the air at some point with, uh, with um, uh, you know, Owen making his uh, mm-hmm. making his entrance um, to kind of. Well, that's the way it goes. You know, he at the beginning of the show, he's triumphant. And then now at the end of the show, Brett's got all the, the fame and everything. And Owen's still in the, the background. That's what they were trying to play at that. Yeah. Which was good. Yeah, you see Vince in there. Yeah, no, this was this was this was cool. This was like you know a childhood memory of mine that um, I'll never forget. Yep, there yep, he is. There's Owen. There's Owen. And I like how Savage was like, "Oh, Brit, oh, yep, you got a visitor. Yeah, come on, on in. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Your brother. Celebrate with your brother. Uh-huh. You should give him a high five. You know, because he won the title. You didn't, but he did. Uh huh. Dig it. Uh, yeah, this is uh, the big moment. Yep. And of course, you know. Well, the next. What's the next pay per view? SummerSlam. King of the Ring '94. Yeah. But but looking at this, even as a kid, I just remember, you know, this was. You knew there was more to come with Brett Nolan. You yeah. just knew it. It was it was just a, a a matter of time, a foregone conclusion, uh, if you will. Um, this is Brett. Soaks in the adulation of the sold-out crowd in Madison Madison Square Square Garden, Garden. New York City. The mecca of sports and entertainment. Do you think they'll ever do a pay-per-view for WrestleMania inside of us? Uh, no. Smaller thing like that? I wouldn't say never, but for for WrestleManias, oh, God, no. Um, As we... uh, we end things here with this uh, this watch along. Um, I had a lot of fun doing this with oh, you, man. Oh, so did I. And thank I you re- for coming all the way over here. No, man. Thank you for having me. I know that uh, you know uh, your situation. You couldn't make it, but I wanted to do this with you because I know 
what Bret Hart meant to you. Yep. Um, and I definitely want to have you back more for uh, some more watch alongs um, in the very near future here. I got an idea. We'll set a date. Cause I already have my, my schedule out okay. um, for what I'm going to do with, uh, with, with some of these shows, a little spoiler alert for those of you out there that are listening and following, um, the, uh, I have a, um, another watch along planned for, uh, right around SummerSlam time. Um, for those of you that listen, I do a, a, a series called the My Favorite Series, where we discuss whether it's favorite storylines, favorite matches, favorite moments, and we kind of talk about the build-up to that particular match, and then eventually we watch that match or the blow-off of that storyline. And so I thought, well, now that I'm here with you, after just watching this, I've been covering a lot of 1994 in this show, and I'll continue to do so. What if you uh, join me for the Bret Hart, Owen Hart, SummerSlam 1994 steel cage match? We could do that. Oh, that match sounds awesome, on. brother. You want to do that? I'd right. love to do that. We will do, we will, we, you're on the, you're on the board for that. That will be coming shortly in the month of, I believe, Jul- late July, early August here on Kicking Out at 2. And I think that about does it this week for this watch along, this WrestleMania 10 watch along. Thank you guys so much for joining me, being part of all this fun. Hit me up on facebook facebook.com forward slash kicking out of two twitter our handle is at kicking out two k-i-c-k-n-o-u-t and the number two for my man g money jamie garabedian join us next week wrestlemania mvps part two and with that being said we will see you all next week <laughs>